will force the issue on tight ends in tonight's draft? Will experienced pros Sigmund Bloom, Rich Rebar, and Josh Hornsby be too much for the Joes to handle? And who will end Patrick Mahomes' inevitable slide in pros versus Joes number three? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our live analysis as we call the action from the 2018 FFPC Pros versus Joes Rudy Does It Again number three league to see who will win a 2019 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people were dominant and lived life slow, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back when he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore he killed him. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you balkaholics, anger, Zach, and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. You know him as the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we are bringing you the third of six extra special bonus episodes of the HSFF Hour for you. It's the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Rudy Does It Again League number three live draft coverage tonight, and we will be here for the next two hours. Follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. And shout out to the chat room right now. As we broadcast tonight, you can post your questions you might have in there. Connect with us on Twitter at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to reach us there. And if you want to give us a call and talk about the draft tonight, we encourage that type of behavior. It's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is indeed the time to send them. We'll try to get to uh, all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails uh, throughout the show tonight. Of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce working hard to get those to us. Uh, as a reminder, uh, I don't know if you saw this from the FFPC newsletter that went out today, but we've extended the early draft slot deadline another 24 hours. So at midnight Pacific time tonight, which is probably mm, about five hours away, you have five hours to pay off your main event team or register another team for $300 off at that $1,500 price. And you will have your main event early draft slot before, excuse me, before August. You'll know what it is. When you're drafting in September, you know the draft slot in uh, July, and you'll be able to game plan with that, uh, with, you know, FFPC best balls, football guys, players, championship drafts. You can just sign up at myffpc.com uh, for those right now. So square those balances away. 
myffpc.com. If you are not familiar with this show and you're tuning in for the first time, I apologize and thank you for dialing us up. Uh, the HSFF Hour normally airs Friday nights at 10, 9 central, and you can always stream the show online uh, for listening anytime via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, uh, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, and Overcast. Uh, as a reminder, I want to thank Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who has all things FFPC ADP over at his site, FantasyMojo.com, and he puts the pros versus Joe's competition together every year. And, of course, Rob and Bryce for working extra time. And Dave Gerzak, the Dizzle, tonight, third straight night in a row. How you feeling, buddy? I feel pretty good. You do. You look good. Thanks. I'm, you know, the only thing, I'm, I brought out my maraschino cherries, so my mixed drinks are not going to be quite as good. i got to tell you, man, if that's the biggest problem we run into tonight, it is going to be a good show. It's a little annoying. Well, it is annoying. My wife's out of town. Normally, she could help me out with something like that. She normally pick up. She's the maraschino cherry getter in, this, in the Actually, household? She, no, probably not. She, she wouldn't. Anything that encourages drinking, she, she might not be. Well, that's just maraschino cherries just encourage eating. <laughs> you don't drink them, man. <clears throat> I think right. I brought this up on the show last year. What you watch had, are you wearing, by the way? You have a nice one on. Uh, this is a Jack Spade. Jack Spade. Jack Spade, yeah. Chronograph. It's I like smaller, it. smaller, but it's all right. It's smaller and it's gold, but, you know, I, I kind of like the rose gold. Yeah. Right. Um, I think I mentioned this on the show last year. Have you ever had cherry bounce before? Where they, they soak the cherries in whiskey and then uh, eat the cherries and yeah I had it with uh, what was the Everclear I had it with Everclear before oh yeah what'd you think of that you have to be careful how much fruit you're it wasn't that good yeah I like it but yeah. it's it's, it's probably better with whiskey or something yeah it's it was really, rum is really good too by the way uh, so tonight is the uh, third draft and I want to give you the lineup tonight of who is uh, who is drafting um, the Joes will have the odd number picks tonight the pros. We'll have the even numbers and kicking things off from the one spot tonight. Former guest of the show, Paul Miley, and his uh, co-manager, Arnie Grabinowski, they are picking first. The Dynasty Command Center team of Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell are in the two-hole. Casey Dodge and... Is that right? Yeah. I think you're talking... Oh, my gosh. I got the wrong thing. I got the wrong see, thing. This is why you don't... Yeah, I don't know. Have next time you're totally time. right. I screwed up. See, and look at my sheet. I, see, I took my pen. I crossed it off. Yeah. Good for you. That's what I should On have Sunday, done. those knobs will be drafting. They're, they're not here tonight, so forget that. The Joes are still in the, the odd spots tonight. Steven, <laughs> Steven Michaud, FFPC Joe. He is drafting first. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Everyone's all I can help out. Dan Sanyo from Dynasty League Football and Rotoviz is in the two spot tonight. FFPC Joe Derek Brinkman is in the uh, three hole tonight. Another Dynasty League Football representative, Kevin O'Brien, the FF engineer. He is uh, hitting cleanup tonight in the four spot. Richard Beard is the FFPC Joe in the fifth. A new uh, competitor in the Pros vs. Joe's competition this year from the Quant Edge, Elliot Chris, picking sixth tonight right in front of Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs, who are um, uh, picking seventh. And uh, former uh, Pros versus Joe's league champ, Sigmund Bloom from footballguys.com, is picking eighth. Uh, Chad Castorina right behind him at nine. And then, of course, Roto World's uh, second representative of the competition so far, Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves, is in the 10 spot. Rounding out things to the Joe's tonight is uh, Don Azell from, uh, from the uh, 11 spot. And then, of course, Fantasy ADHD himself from Fantasy Insiders. It is Josh Hornsby picking on the turn at the 12 tonight. So let's get into the analysis, ladies and gentlemen. If you uh, haven't checked out the live streaming draft board, you can follow along at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. And kicking things off tonight, and I think Shane Helm uh, made this comment in the, uh, in the draft room, uh, third consecutive night, 
we see Todd Gurley go first overall. Normally, uh, we do see some curveballs thrown in here with the number one overall pick. It does not happen tonight as uh, Stephen Michaud does take Todd Gurley there. Uh, Dan Sanyo uh, from DLF and Rotoviz goes with David Johnson, Dave. That is an interesting uh, curveball there, picking him over Le'Veon Bell. I don't think I'd be able to do that, but certainly with Le'Veon Bell's uh, contract situation, you know, um, there, there's, there's um, I guess, not too much of a concern that he would miss time. But David Johnson, man, was a beast when he was healthy uh, in 2016. And uh, maybe he can have that type of season again. So at the two spot, it might pay off. Yeah, I mean, it's just, if that's what you like, it's worth a shot. I, I, probably, I would even call myself. You I, could, I could see going David Johnson if you really like him. And uh, Derek Brinkman was uh, happy to see Le'Veon Bell, I'm assuming, fall to him at the three. So, and then Le'Veon Bell's real-life teammate, uh, Antonio Brown, goes to Kevin O'Brien at the four tonight. So he had the opportunity to take Ezekiel Elliott there. He goes with the receiver instead uh, with Brown. And then Richard Beer snatches up. Ezekiel Elliott at the five spot, the first of three consecutive running backs taken here in the mid-first. Alvin Kamara to Elliott Chris. Uh, Saquon Barkley uh, right after that to Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs. Rob Gronkowski, I think this is the the second night in a row we see him go at the 108. And if you listen to the Football Guys uh, podcast, um, I I believe Sigmund Bloom, this is ringing in my head for some reason. I think he mentioned it on, on, on the couch. I think he said that if... Gronkowski was there at the eight spot. He would take him, and sure enough, he was there, and Gronk goes to Sigmund Bloom uh, at the 108. Melvin Gordon, the selection right after that to uh, Chad Castorina, and then you have Leonard Fournette at the 110 to Rich Rebar. DeAndre Hopkins is uh, Donna Zell's selection at the 111. I believe that's the second consecutive night. Hopkins goes at the 111, went to Jake Seeley at the 111 last night. And then Julio Jones. The news that came out today it was not enough to dissuade Fantasy HD, ADHD Josh Hornsby to uh, go somewhere else. He takes Julio Jones. Uh, does not matter to him about Julio saying he's not reporting to training camp. Gets him at the 112. Is that a pick that you would make in the first round? I mean, how concerned are you about this uh, contract situation with Julio and not reporting? Well, it's a little bit of a concern. I would have, I would have taken uh... – Back him over Julio just myself. That's just my own opinion. And, I mean, be, what if we knew Jones was reporting? Same thing. Same, I mean, okay. I, yeah, I just have him right tired. So it doesn't affect it too much for you as far as that goes. Right. Okay. Uh, Travis Kelsey leads things off with the uh, first pick of the second round. Uh, so he goes, uh, Josh Hornsby, Julio Jones, and Travis Kelsey back-to-back there. Odell Beckham is Don Azell's pick as he starts off receiver-receiver, one of two teams to do so tonight. He pairs Hopkins with Beckham there. Kareem Hunt falling a little bit tonight. He goes at the 203 to Rich Rebar. What do you think the reason for that was? That's that's a little peculiar to see Hunt going in the second round. I don't know if I've seen that done in, in pros versus Joe's, and it's been pretty rare that I've seen it in any football guys' drafts either. Yeah, that is a big drop, actually, for Hunt. It's nice value for Rebar. Yeah, I really like that pick right there, Hunt uh, pairing with Fournette. You know, if you ever see Hunt paired with Fournette, it normally is Hunt being drafted first and then Fournette coming back in the second round. Not so here as Rebar gets... Uh, both Fournette and Hunt in tow. Uh, Keenan Allen is the selection at the 204 for Chad Castorina, and then Dalvin Cook is Sigmund Bloom's uh, second-round pick. Uh, he goes Gronkowski and Cook. I like that start, uh, especially in this format for sure. Michael Thomas is uh, Caleb Alcorn and uh, Sean Isaac's selection there as uh, Thomas goes off the board at the 206. And then a couple of Mac running backs, Christian McCaffrey, 
to Elliot Christ, Jarek McKinnon, uh, to Richard Beard. Both those guys start off running back, running back in this best ball format. A.J. Green is Kevin O'Brien's pick at the uh, 209. So he starts off receiver-receiver just like Don Zell did. That's two teams that went receiver-receiver to begin. Devontae Adams to Derek Brinkman at the 210. The FFPC Joe takes the Packers' number one receiver there. Uh, Dan Sanio takes uh, Devontae Freeman, the Falcons' running back, at the 211. And the final pick of the second, or, yeah, of the second round is uh, Stephen Michaud's Doug Baldwin. So Baldwin goes at the 212 tonight. So we're seeing a lot of um, variation here. Um, you know, Jared McKinnon continues to creep up draft boards. And I don't know, do you, do you think he can get up to the early second round by the time the FFPC main event rolls around, Dave? Or are we at his ceiling right now in the mid-second? I'm sure someone's going to take him really early in the second round. I mean, if, if you really like the player, you're definitely not getting him in the third. And if you don't want to go with receivers, I could see him going anywhere from the 201 to the 206. Yeah, I mean, especially if he shows something in the preseason. I don't know how much they're going to use him in the preseason, but I, I got to believe he'll be out there. And um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he flashes. Maybe he does creep all the way up to uh, an early second-round pick. For those of you not familiar with this format, the FFPC offers uh, a quarter, uh, the starting lineup is a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, two flexes, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. Uh, so you can start up to four running backs, up to four receivers, three tight ends if you want. And you say, Balky, why would you ever start three tight ends? Well, the FFPC is a tight end premium format. So tight ends get one and a half points per catch. And certainly that is uh, enough to seduce some owners to drafting uh, tight ends early and often in this draft. We saw it last night in the, uh, the upside-down draft um, uh, that, that we broadcast live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Three teams had two tight ends by the end of round five. Now, tonight we're not seeing necessarily that happen. However, uh, as we enter the third round, in, uh, third round here, we already see four tight ends off the board. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if tight ends do get pushed up tonight as we enter in the third round of what's going on in the draft. T.Y. Hilton, once again, Dave, T.Y. Hilton, you cannot pick him in the middle of a draft. He has to be picked on the turn. Whether it's, whether it's the 2-3 turn, whether it's the 3-4 turn, T.Y. Hilton in this format always seems to go at, at the end. The first, he went like the 303, 304 in the first one, ball. He Close went, enough. Close yeah. enough to the turn. It's, it's early for Hilton. It's earlier than Hilton's gone. That's the earliest he's gone so far. So I, um, and then Zach Ertz is the uh, third tight end off the board. No surprise there. Uh, as far as, um, you know, when Earth goes off. You know, Ryan Santos uh, took him last night when we were talking to him at FF Links on Twitter. He dialed into the show. We were talking to him about that Earth pick. And for him, it, it was a guy that he had been looking at anyway to make sure he gets one of the elite tight ends there. Uh, but it turned out that it, it, it paid off because after he took Earth, before he got the chance to pick again, um, you were looking at uh, already, like, whatever it was, you know, five tight ends off the board. Uh, and then uh, we saw two teams right in the middle double up on tight end in the fourth and fifth round. So they, they flew fast and often last night. LaShawn McCoy is the 303 selection for Derek Brinkman, his second running back that he selected to pair with Le'Veon Bell. He goes at the 303 tonight much earlier than he went in last night's draft, which I believe he slipped to the 403 if I'm remembering correctly. Dave, you're always the genius with remembering where – players went the night before. It was 403 for McCoy. Does that sound right? Yeah, it does sound right. Okay. I think he was around that spot for both drafts, actually. Oh, okay. So this is the earliest he's gone in any pros versus Joe's draft as far as we can tell, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Given uh, his 
possible situation and a possible not situation. Well, it is a situation. I mean, it's not. There's there's no possible about. It. I I mean, what's possible is that there could be some serious punishment off it. But and what's possible is that it's a total fiction. And it could be that as well. It could be that as well. Mike Evans is the third straight receiver going uh, to uh, Kevin O'Brien. So he is the only team that starts off receiver, receiver, receiver. Seemed to work out well for Jake Seeley last night. We'll see what Kevin O'Brien does here. He is the FF engineer, by the way. If anybody's going to engineer a great roster here after three receivers, it's going to be Kevin O'Brien as he gets Mike Evans there. Greg Olson is Richard Beard's tight end at the 305. His uh, number one tight end and the fourth tight end off the board. Jordan Howard, the third straight running back drafted by Elliot Christ. Uh, Elliot Christ from the Quant Edge. So he goes Kamara, McCaffrey, Jordan Howard. That's a lot of touches if uh, you look at that lineup, uh, both with catches and rushes throughout the season. We saw that the news come out, I, I can't remember if it was today or yesterday, that um, Ron Rivera expects that, that it's not out of the question that Christian McCaffrey get 200-plus rushes. What? 200-plus rushes for a guy who caught 80 passes last year? That is a ton of touches, and you definitely, as uh, Well, there's, plenty of, there's a lot of McCaffrey haters out there, Valky. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah. They're, they're explaining all the reasons why he won't catch as many passes, and there's all these problems with, you know, with Greg Olson being healthy, that, uh, that McCaffrey... It does, it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty decent uh, viewpoint that when Olson was healthy, that McCaffrey was not as productive as a PPR back. I would argue, though, that McCaffrey, that was earlier in the season when he was healthy. So I think, right. I, yeah. I, I'm still too super bullish on McCaffrey. I really like him. I think it's super, super bullish. Super bullish. I love it. That's a great team name and uh, probably uh, going to be tantamount to as great as this next caller is going to be. We're going to go to the 904 here and speak with you. Caller, you are on the air at Balky and Dave for the Pros and Joe's coverage. Who are we speaking with? Hey, it's Ken Williams here in Jackson, Florida. Hey, how's it going? So, what are you, what's your what's your impression of the draft thus far? Man, um, you know, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm I'm a Joe, so I'm listening to you guys picking. Uh, I think I'm pretty impressed with Elliott's team. Uh, uh, Kamara McCaffrey and Jordan Howard in the third, and I was like, man, that's pretty strong. Um, I'm not familiar, all the way familiar with the scoring, but I was wondering how can he. How do you get those three running backs back to back to back like that? Well, I, I, the part of it is with the tight end premium scoring where tight ends do get a point and a half per catch uh, in this format, that sometimes will push some of these receivers and running backs down a little bit. I, I will say, I, you know, and Dave, you can comment on this. Does Jordan Howard, do you normally see him go in the, in the middle of the third? I normally see him, you know, closer to the, to the turn. I, I don't know if, uh, I mean, maybe he slipped a little bit. Yeah, it seems late for him for sure. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey, I mean, uh, I, I've seen him go, you know, potentially in the early second. It was kind of like a perfect storm. Kamara, that's a ball where he goes. Um, but uh, it was kind of like a perfect storm for Elliot Christa to, to form that, uh, to form those uh, three running backs to start off. Um, what uh, with, with, has with major really surprised oh, you thus far? Well, yeah, Any surprise picks just, that you've seen? I'm, I'm really struggling with Kamara as my number one pick overall. So that whole lineup of running backs really kind of. Um, rattled me. So if I'm in the middle of the first round and the money's on the line, um, I'm wondering, man, Kamara, can I trust him as my number one pick, right? How do you guys feel about that um, in a major draft when the money's on the line? Well, listen, we're going to, we got to get back to the live draft coverage. I certainly want to thank you for calling in so much. And we will talk about this uh, a little bit um, as far as the Kamara being your first round pick. 
I think I could be on board with it, Dave, but my proclivity for Saquon uh, Barkley is, is going to trump my, my Camara love. So I, I think for me, I would, if, if Barkley was off the board, I would certainly com- consider Camara. I would take Camara over Barkley. I know you would. Yeah. But in the middle of the first round, yeah. you're, you're fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Very productive. Yeah. Good pass catching back. High four. It's good. Tyreek Hill, the pick after Jordan Howard. Tyreek Hill goes uh, to with the FFPC Joe, uh, Caleb, uh, Joe uh, combo. It's Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs drafting there with Tyreek Hill. Jimmy Graham, so Sigmund Bloom doubles up on tight end in the first three rounds. He gets Graham at the 308. And then Mark Ingram goes off the board right after that. So Mark Ingram to Chad Castorina, uh, the first of four running backs that finish off the third round. It is Joe Mixon. It is uh, Kenyon Drake and Col- uh, Alex Collins. Mixon to Rebar, Drake to Azelle, and uh, Collins to Josh Hornsby there at the end. So I thought Collins was maybe a little bit of a reach last night to Howard Bender, but he's still going in the third round tonight. He goes at the 312. Alex Collins as the number one running back to Josh ADHD, uh, Fantasy ADHD, that's Josh Hornsby from Fantasy Insiders. He takes it in there. I think the story here, and I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm picking at this a little bit, is Joe Mixon really slipped uh, tonight. I, I did not expect him to, to go as late as he did in this draft. He um, falls all the way to the 310 pick, and that's as late as, boy, that's probably as late as I've seen him since like February or March. And this is, by the way, I don't know if Rich Rebar planned on starting running back, running back, running back. I wonder how much of it was, oh, my gosh, Joe Mixon is still out here at the 310. I got to grab him, even though I already have two running backs on my team. And I'm just going to load up with, uh, with the talent and the opportunity and, and perhaps a, a big step forward that Joe Mixon might be taking this year. So certainly that was good value for him. In FFPC best ball ADP, Mixon usually goes at the 301. He falls nine spots tonight, Dave. Wow, that's big. That's um, big value. And really, that early in the draft, that's a really big value. And he got hunked. That's another thing, though, those two big values. Like you said. When you look at the, the start for Rebar, if that was your team with Fournette and Hunt and Mixon staring you in the face, would you just throw caution in the wind and say, you know, positions be damned, Mixon's too good of a value here. I got to get him, even though he is my number three running back. Well, yeah, in a best ball format, too, taking three running backs in a row is, is a pretty decent strategy. You want to have really good running backs, and they, de- they tend to go faster. So I, I, I would have no problem at all going three straight backs. And obviously in this format, you kind of, I mean, the, the chalk play is to load up on running backs early, too. So it's not like you're, you're doing something insanely crazy that is probably not going to work out. This has been a proven strategy for a lot of people that has worked out, uh, especially in the pros versus Joe's competition. So that is round three. Let's get to round four as it has just completed. Amari Cooper to Josh Hornsby at the 401. Adam Thielen off the board at the 402. Stephon Diggs, another pick I really like at the 403 for Rich Rebar. I think that makes a lot of sense uh, for him to go Diggs there, even as, uh, you know, it's his number one, but Diggs is usually going at the end of the third, and he gets him in the early fourth. Uh, Derek Henry, the third running back selected by the FFPC Joe Chad Castorina to pair with both Mark Ingram and Melvin Gordon. Demarius Thomas is the first receiver chosen by Sigmund Bloom. Have you noticed that in the pros versus Joe's, I feel like, when Demarius Thomas goes off the board, who's ever drafting him, it's usually their first receiver. Like, <laughs> he, I, and I don't know why that is, because usually – Well, and you, you probably already have one or two or three running backs and a tight end or two tight ends like Sigmund Bloom has here. You get the, uh, the consistency of Demarius Thomas catching balls 
from Case Keenum. You don't so you don't want like a, you know you don't want the uncertainty of a Josh Gordon or the second year uncertainty of Juju Smith Schuster. You just don't really have that. I don't have the, that same decent feeling. You know you can put Marius Thomas in for a good ten to fifteen points almost every week, assuming he stays healthy. I um I can't remember if I asked you this or not, but I think you just answered it. If you are faced with a decision where you're taking a receiver and you've narrowed it down to Demarius Thomas and Juju Smith Schuster, you're taking Thomas, right? Well, it depends on my team. They're actually, I'm kind of close. We already talked about Thomas last night, so okay. we can move on to someone. Move on, okay. So I own Demarius Thomas in too many dynasties, so I'm always trying to talk talk up my guys here mm-hmm. and, and get their trade value up. That's what and I'm that, doing. Yeah, that, Juju's worth a whole hell of a lot more in, in this, dynasty trades. This is this is well, no, it's not that I'm I'm comparing the two in dynasty. I just want to get my guys' names out there so people are you know they just get them in their mind. It's it's all a it's all a mind game where I'm trying to get people thinking that these guys. Seems are, like a waste of your time. Ah, you would be surprised, my friend. Yeah, you know what? I would be you surprised. You would be surprised. Be surprised. The aforementioned Juju Smith-Schuster is the third receiver selected by the FFPC Joes, Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs right in the middle tonight at the 306. That's their third receiver. Uh, four straight running backs for Elliot Crest. He keeps pushing that running back button. He can't help himself. After uh, going Kamara McCaffrey Howard, <laughs> he gets Rashad Penny. As his, to the fifth round. as his uh, number uh, number four running back there. So, have you ever started off a best? I know you don't do as many best balls as you used to, but have you ever started off with four straight running backs before? I know I have. I have not because I've, I've never played in an FFPC format. I've never had the opportunity. Where you could start four right. running backs. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I've been in a few leagues in dynasty leagues where I could do that, but they weren't best balls. So, I usually played more in the WCOF type old school format. So, uh, no. Yeah. Okay. I remember once at WCOF main event. Some dude took five running backs in a row, and that was where you can only start three, right. three running backs. And, I mean, people were gawking at that board, just laughing and yucking it up. And that person was Chad Schroeder, and he's the best ever. Nope. It was some, someone who probably did miserably and never played. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I did, you know, I was in, I was drafting a, um, this wasn't a best ball. This was um, uh, a live uh, classic, like a 20-rounder in, in Kentucky. And the guy from the one spot took, any same format, you can only start three running backs. He started off his draft with six straight running backs. Six straight running backs. And at, after he took the fifth one, I'm like, I'm screwing up. <laughs> I, you know, like, th- this guy knows something. Well, it's, it's such a terrible, especially in those leagues where you have to start three wide receivers. Your first wide receiver is going to be wide receiver, like, 45, right? Or right. Or 40-something yeah. receiver to pick. And your third wide receiver is going to be like wide receiver 65 yeah. or 70. And that's a guy that you got to count on every week. Yeah, so it's, it's just it, it's awful because you, you can't you, – there's no way you can get that many, like, lucky wide receiver picks late. You might be able to scrape up one, but you're not getting three or four. It's just not going to happen, so it's a terrible move. Um, so after Rashad Penny goes Josh Gordon, uh, middle of the fourth round, again, people don't seem to be super concerned yeah, about, him down. Yeah. Yeah, with, with what's going on with him. And I don't know if I would be either. I know you, you we talked about this before He's the show. Two rounds. You would not be taking him in the fourth. You would be taking him in the sixth. He's in the sixth for me. Uh, but he is the number one receiver for Richard Beard, the FFPC Joe, uh, drafting in the five spot tonight. Lamar Miller is the number one running back for Kevin O'Brien after he went with three straight receivers. You could do a lot worse than Lamar Miller as your number one running back when you pipe three receivers in front of him. I don't know about a lot worse. <laughs> you could do a lot worse in the fifth round or fourth round. Excuse me. You could do somewhat worse. Brandon Cooks is the selection right after Lamar Miller. Brandon Cooks, uh, that is Derek Brinkman's selection there. He is the uh, first of three receivers to complete round four. Allen Robinson to Dan Sanio from Dynasty League Football. And then Larry Fitzgerald, the third receiver chosen by uh, Stephen Michaud, as uh, he 
pair, not doesn't pair, but he adds to his receiver core. Exactly. Baldwin, Hilton, and Fitzgerald. I really like that. Those pick. receivers have really slipped because of all the running backs that have been going on. From the sixth, sixth pick on, six to 12, there's a lot of running backs that are gone. Spree at last, Dave, one of our FFPC favorites in the chat room, says that Chris is making a statement. He's a really smart guy, thinking he has a plan. And you say, well, what, what, what are you talking about? Well, let's get to what happened in the fifth <laughs> round with Elliot Chris. I, hey, Jeff, I don't have a real big problem with this. I mean, in this, it's different. You can right. do this. Yeah, exactly. We'll, so, see, what, we'll see what it is. Uh, Stephen Michelle kicks things off. This is the first time that Aaron Rodgers does not go at the 601 in the PBJ format uh, this year. Aaron Rodgers goes at the 501 tonight as uh, Stephen Michelle is putting together a nice little core there. Rodgers, Gurley, Baldwin, Fitz, Hilton. That's a lot of fantasy goodness there. Yeah. I, wish I know you wouldn't have taken Rodgers there. Yeah, but I wish he hadn't done that. You could make the argument that he has the number one quarterback and the number one running back on the same roster. Yeah, you can make that argument. It's probably true. Yeah. No. Whoop-de-doo. I, I think you're poo-pooing that a little bit too much. There's something to be said. I mean, there's no, uh, my opinion, there's no reason to reach a full round for Rodgers when there's – Many really good quarterbacks that are still going to be available later. But uh, that's okay. If he wants to do that, that's it's his team, and he's welcome to do so. I, I, I get that, but if you, he's not coming. He's not probably coming back to him. You know, I mean, this right. Is, Instead, this the other him. twenty really good quarterbacks that are available, unless you're in love with Rodgers, will be coming back. To There's him. a lot of people out there that think he is going to be the MVP this year, and if he does have an MVP season, maybe it makes a, a big difference as far as quarterbacks <laughs> go. A lot of people. Yeah. I've been hearing it all. All oh my! Over. Yeah, all these people saying he's going to be the MVP. All the little not well. I don't think I've heard anyone say that. Oh come on! You've got to be kidding me! You go to Vegas right now and tell me who the odds-on favorite to be uh, is named the MVP this this year is. I bet it's Rodgers. He might. Okay, he very well could be the so-called favorite. But I guarantee you that no one's talking. You're making it seem like people. People are, are no talking, one's about, talking about it. Uh, okay, no one gives a crap. No, they do give a crap, and I'm going to tell you where they give a crap. If you go to like ES, Twitter, if you go to like ESPN or CBS, <laughs> where they're talking about football in like a non-fantasy sense, there's plenty of people on there talking about, hey, who's this year's MVP? Who's this year's Coach of the Year? Who's this year's uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, the prognosticators out there. <laughs> so don't tell me that nobody is into this. Okay, maybe they're not fantasy people, but. Yeah, people are. There are a few whispers about this. Maybe it'd be a little bit instead of more than whispers. bombastic statement about Rogers I, being this. There's news stories and horns going off talking about Rogers being the, you know, the shoe in for MVP. I didn't say shoe in. <laughs> I did not say shoe in. I have my birds all over sports Twitter. You do. You, you know what? You're, you pay more attention to me, Balky. Jarvis Landry at the uh, 502 after NFL MVP frontrunner Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Golden Tate, right after him. Golden Tate to Derek Brinkman. Jay Ajayi is Kevin O'Brien's second running back chosen tonight. His real-life teammate, Alshon Jeffrey, is the second receiver chosen by Richard Beard as he pairs him with Josh Gordon. Sorry to interrupt. That seems early for Jeffrey compared to where he's been going. I think Jeffrey's been slipping, but not in this draft. Slipping, falling, he can't get up, but I can tell you he goes at uh, the 510 in FFPC best balls normally. Okay. So that, I thought I was going to the six in a couple of those drafts. He might have. Yeah. That, that's entirely possible. But, you're, I mean, even if he didn't, you're right. That is about a half round of, of yeah, you know, yeah. early, whatever you want to call it. Darius Geis, this is the pick I wanted to talk about. Elliot Crisp says, all right, I think I'm going to start off my draft with the running back. What's Geis' ADP? That's really late for Geis. Hold on. I'm going to get to it in a second. All right, sorry. So Chris says, I'm going to go running back with my first pick. You know what? I'm going to go old school. I'm going to do the meat and potatoes fantasy football, the 90s, running back, running back. All right? I can flex out. Uh, you know, normally a lot of people like to flex out these high-volume running backs. I'm going to get another one in the third. Oh, wait a minute. This is FFPC. 
I heard those guys in the high stakes fantasy football are just saying, you can flex out two running backs. So I can start four running backs every week. I'm taking Rashad Penny in the fourth round. Gets to the fifth round, and he says, I'm going to have the best bench running back in the league, Darius Geis. Running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. So let me go back to the Aaron Rodgers trick, and this is why this is kind of gets back to the whole thing. When you have send it in, take three running backs, you have Chris already take four running backs. Running backs are being pushed up a bit at the later part of the draft. However, teams 11 and 12 only have one. And, so, and, and then also team four, after the fourth round, only had one running back. So by not taking his second running back in the fifth round, there's all these running backs that are going to go before he picks again. There's not many running backs available anymore. So it's just, it's, to me, it's like by not getting that second back when there's such an opportunity, you know, you, you, know, you know that there's a shortage of them. It, that's a missed opportunity, in my opinion. That's, where I, that's kind of what I'm getting at there. And then, you know, then Chris takes Spice, which couldn't have been predicted. But as you see, like, you know, there's going to be guys who have their second running backs are going to be god-awful. It's kind of what happened last night with the tight ends. There were about three or four teams that were that god-awful tight ends because of the guys that stacked tight ends. There was, like, three or, like, those three teams that stacked tight ends. Because of that, three teams had awful tight ends, and they cannot recover from that. Well, I'm looking ahead a little bit here. Only at the time he made the Geist pick, there were five tight ends off the board. Um, so he makes the Geist pick, and then five more tight ends go off the board before he has the opportunity to pick again. I would ask you, hey, do you, do you think he'd like to have that pick back and go to the tight end instead? But clearly, when he did in the sixth round, probably didn't matter to him. He may, be, he may just be punting tight ends, but in retrospect, if, you, if tight end has some importance to you, then, yeah, you would have wanted to grab him there. So Darius Geis, the fifth straight running back drafted by uh, Elliot Chris from the Quan Edge. Um, everybody going to be checking out the Quan Edge after this, for sure. I might be. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Delaney Walker is the uh, selection right after, uh, after Geis. Delaney Walker goes to Caleb Alcorn, Sean Isaacs there at the 507. Deion Lewis, the second running back for Sigmund Bloom, and uh, then a trio of tight ends off the board. Evan Engram goes to Chad Castorina. Jordan Reed goes to Rich Rebar. Kyle Rudolph to Donazel. Uh, Sammy Watkins completes round five uh, as the number three receiver drafted by Josh Hornsby from Fantasy Insiders. I totally missed this before. You asked me what Geis's ADP is or ADP was, and yeah, I, I was wondering. Yeah, I forgot. Sure. I forgot to check it. Three oh nine. Yeah, dude. See that? I thought that was a big, a big, big discount. Um, was there news on Darius Geis that you and I missed? Nope. Hey, in, in the chat, by the way, Shane Hallam. We have two chat rooms going on right now. I don't know if you know this. We have a chat room on YouTube. And we have a chat room on Blog Talk. Shane Hallam is carrying on conversations in both of them right now. So if anybody in the chat room can tell us, Shane's capable of doing that. He's tell, smart guy. tell us the latest of, on um, Darius Geis that there was something reported today that, that he fell all the way uh, to the 506. We'd so, certainly so, love to hear it. So 506, and he usually goes to the 309. 309. It's like a 21-pick discount early in the draft. Now that's the guy we should be asking, like, okay, Maybe he was looking at a running, or excuse me, a receiver or a tight end there. But guys staring him in the face, I, I got to grab him here. Penny in the fourth round was pretty cheap too. I bet you, you know what I bet he was thinking. Elliot was probably like, in the, when he took Penny in the fourth, he's like, all right, I'm taking Penny or guys, Penny or guys, Penny or guys. He sat there. He took like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. I'll take Penny. And then guys came around for him. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking guys too. Penny is like his ADP is normally the 403. So I mean, there was value there, but it wasn't like you know, kick you in the ass value like Darius Geis. That, that was – I mean, you and I don't even like Geis all that much, and I'd be all over him in the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind him that much. I mean, I, I'm, I, think he, I don't think he's going to catch a ton of passes, but I think he's a pretty talented bat. Yeah. 
And if Washington is, is, is playing with a lead in, in games, I mean, that's certainly going to help his cause as well. Chris Brown, that is, and I, I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> I mean, pick number one, Senator Rogers could have taken guys. That might have been a way to go. Could have been. Trey Burton leads off the sixth round here to Josh Hornsby as his number two tight end. And then Royce Freeman, the number two running back for Don Azell, goes off the board at the 602 tonight. Rich Rebar gets the suspended Julian Edelman as his number two receiver. Would you be concerned about that if your receiver, your number two receiver, is suspended for the first four games of the season? Um, after the sixth round, I would be, but we'll see what his team looks like after the ninth and tenth round. Okay, all right. He he can try and adapt to that a little bit. Yes. Um, well, I mean, there's certain guys you can pair with Edelman for certain. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson is the second quarterback off the board tonight. And he is uh, going to Chad Castorina there as his number one quarterback. Marshawn Lynch, the third running back drafted by Sigmund Bloom uh, at the uh, 6.05 tonight to go with Deion Lewis and Dalvin Cook. Sony Michelle, the number two running back drafted by um, uh, Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs uh, to go with Saquon Barkley. So their top two running backs are a couple of rookies. I have no problem with that anymore. I'm done with, like, hating on rookie running backs. They're fine. That's fine. I like his team name, too. What is it? I, I Not a Joe, bro. Not a Joe, bro. <laughs> Caleb Alcorn, Sean Isaacs, they know what they're doing. They're showing Are up. they from California? I don't know. You can look that up. You should. You should uh, I'm not looking it up. I know. You I, should kind of imitate what a person from California would Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you were having a conversation with them <laughs> and, uh, you know, you say, wow, wow, Sean, Caleb, hell of a pick. Sony Michelle, you guys really know what you're doing. Uh, not a, not a Joe, bro. We know what we're doing, man. <laughs> Something like that, I think it would sound like. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, Marvin well, Jones. A really good Marvin, Marvin, he's tentative to do it tonight. I don't, I don't. I mean, who, there could be people from California listening. I don't want to. <laughs> they know what they sound like. I, mean, yeah, I don't think like, that they would say look, that they sound like Wisconsin that. Wisconsin are much more embarrassing than yes, people from California. I know. And so it's, it's, no big deal. it's part of the reason I don't want to do this show because people actually hear my voice and what I sound like. <laughs> they know what you're talking about. All right. So <laughs> I, uh, you look at Elliot Crest there from the Quant Edge. I thought he was going to take a, a six running back, and he goes with Marvin Jones instead. Are you doing anything? People, are, people, people that's listening that's right now, like, like. it sounds like he's trying to make a joke, but this is just what the whole show sounds like. <laughs> it sounds the same. Yeah, so it Mar- sounds like the Seth show. Marvin, Mar- <laughs> sounds nothing like that. Marvin Jones um, is the ruins the dream of six straight running backs as Elliot Chris goes uh, for his number one receiver that's there stark. with Marvin Jones. And then you have uh, uh, Marlon Mack as the third running back drafted by Richard Beard after that. Uh, the Colts running back goes to uh, Richard Beard here in the sixth. Randall Cobb, uh, a, a favorite of Dave Gerzak's. They hang out on the weekends. They love each other, um, praise each other. Randall Cobb says, hey, Dave, you do, you do a great job running the FFPC. And Dave said, hey, you do a horrible job receiving the football in the NFL. I would just say, hey, Cobb, good luck. Hope you get that fifth touchdown this year. Yeah. <laughs> in one game. Randall Cobb. Top over 700 yards, buddy. We'll be all in good, good hands. Cobb, um, you know, by the way, in seasons that – um, Rodgers and him have been healthy for the whole season. He's never finished lower than uh, wide receiver 19. Wow, that's incredible. What is that? That's like two years? Three, three years. years. Wow. Three. That's a huge statistical sample. That's uh, something. It's significant. <laughs> it's significant, Dave. You, I, you know, here's, here's and what's your, it, they've both been healthy? Yeah. 
Um, here should be my goal this year. To try to get you to draft Randall Cobb in one draft this year. I but, might do it. Oh, come on. See, just, now you're just throwing your credibility myself. out the window. Just spite myself. I, like, I, I probably won't. This team's screwed. <laughs> I'll take Randall Cobb in the seventh. <laughs> so Randall Cobb goes to Kevin O'Brien here, uh, the uh, FF engineer. Rojo with 18 picks of value. Right, yeah, that is a good pick right there. Ronald Jones is the number three running back drafted by Derek Brigsman. Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, and Ronald Jones paired with all those receivers. We'll have to see what he does at tight end, but uh, that team right now has me saying, right now. I like that. Good job, Derek Brinkman. I think, though, I mean, when you look at, again, in that round, you have Royce Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, Marlon Mack, all go before Ronald Jones. I don't. I don't, again, I don't like that. I don't care for that. I disagree with all those. I mean, Michelle, I can kind of see the argument. But, I, you know, Freeman's not even guaranteed to have the starting job. Ronald Jones has the job. Marlon Does Mack, he have the job? Yeah. Ronald Jones? I mean, come on. Peyton Barber. Hey, listen. They straight up for him. I understand Roy, that. Royce Freeman was, was legitimately still a third-round pick. I know everybody was all gaga about the guy. Right. He was a third-round pick. Yeah. I, I am not sold on any three, any Freeman, Mack, or Jones, I'm not comfortable saying any of them have the job right now. Well, yeah. I, I, I think Ronald Jones has, has got the – you know, they may not say that, but I think he does. Okay, that's fine. Dirk Ketter didn't trade up for him, by the way. <laughs> Just letting you know that. Right, the GM did. Yeah. Jason uh, Smith, is that his name? I don't know. Pick, what, pick 40, 41. Um, you don't move up. No, nah, I was. I, you might have even been higher than that, to be honest. Thirty-seven. Yeah, it was something up. like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't you don't do that to not use the player. No, the GM definitely wants him to be used. <laughs> that's. Uh, I think that's clear. Kevin Costner. I don't. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dennis Leary is is a little bit leery of using <laughs> Ronald Jones uh, if he were the head coach there. Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I, I think I already said um, goes to uh, Dan Sanyo uh, from Dynasty League Football at the. 6'11", Michael Crabtree completes the sixth round as the fourth receiver taken by Stephen Michaud. I like that. Michael Crabtree is your number four receiver. Sure. I mean, it would help to get a tight end on that roster or two, but right now it's, it's pickings are, are getting a little slim here, Dave. We are through. I'll tell everybody what happened in the seventh round in, in a second, mm-hmm. but we are through seven rounds here, and by my count, we have 12 tight ends off the board and one, two, three, Four teams already have two of them. Yep. Would you be, if you were in a pros versus Joe's draft, would you like to force the issue on tight ends? Is that something you would be doing? I uh, feel like this to is... To be honest with you, no, I would not. You would not? No, what I would want to do is I would not be one of the, the people that don't have a tight end. I would, I would not be one of the ones that would want to be pressing it. Like, I would feel comfortable being, like, send it in with Evan Ingram or Don Azzello with Kyle Rudolph. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying I like the rest of their teams or anything. Or the, or the guy that has that first. Although, you know, yeah, whatever. I would be all right with that. I'm not saying I like their teams, but I like their teams. But I'm just saying, I don't, no, I'm just saying I don't mind their tight end selections where okay. they took them. I mean, the rest of their teams could be awesome or they could be terrible. But I, I don't want to be the guy that has two tight ends. I want to still be getting running backs and receivers. I want to take a tight end in due course where I'm not totally reaching for that player. But I also don't want to be stuck with no tight end whatsoever and no life preserver after six or seven rounds. I feel like you, would, you might have the approach of not necessarily targeting a top three guy at tight end. You might be the type of guy that you've already said in like non-tight end premium formats, you'll go after you know your two or three top fifteen, top twenty tight ends and and hope you know one or two of them hit, uh, or just one of them really. I'll go for three. If, if I if I don't get one that I like early, I will go for three that I think have legitimate upside and hope one of them hits. And I feel in like and I feel like you would do that in this draft too. It would just happen earlier. 
It would. Well, if I'm t if again, if I take a, a starting caliber player like an Ingram or, or a Kyle Rudolph or if I took Zach Ertz, I wouldn't feel that same need. I would probably want to have a good second one and then a third one that's a flyer. Right. Um, but I think if I if I totally waited, I would probably take like three pretty quickly then after that. No, I'm with you on that for sure. I but for me, like in this format, I would actually try to get an elite tight end, and then I probably I, I don't want to say I'd ignore it, but I I might wait till like ten or off the board to get my next one. I mean, it, it, it's so it's just so dependent upon where you're picking and what and what point you get them. Like I I think that Josh ADHD did well with Kelsey and Burton. I think that was nice. You know, Kelsey is a good pick. Burton's got some upside. He could actually become a definitely viable starter, but he doesn't really need him per se. And he waited until the sixth round to get him. Yep, exactly. Let's kick things off with the seventh round and uh, tell you that Stephen show actually took Chris Thompson, the uh, Washington Redskins running back there, as his number two running back. Corey Davis goes at the 702 tonight to Dan Sanio. And Jameson Crowder right after that uh, to Derek Brinkman. Now, Corey Davis, Dave, falls to the seventh round. We talked Why about are we talking about him every day? I just want to bring this up. I know you wouldn't take him in the sixth round. You have the choice here between Crowder and uh, Davis. Are you taking Crowder over Davis? Um, if I was Dan? Yeah, if you were Dan. And you're like, I'm taking a receiver here. I've narrowed it down to Corey Davis, the uber-talented, highly pedigreed, breakout candidate, could challenge Aaron Rodgers for MVP this year, <laughs> Corey Davis, or Jamison Crowder, who left fantasy teams at ruin over the first eight weeks of the last season. Which one would you take? Yeah, you know, that's hilarious, the way that you're trying to sell me on it. I'm just presenting just facts. I, just yeah. the facts, sir. Just the facts. Yeah, the facts are true. Brees got picked before Mahomes again. Ah, oh, spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, I, I would probably would still, I would take Corey Davis over Crowder, I think. And I, I don't, you know, well, I don't. I did not expect you to go that way. Well, I mean, you know. Are the powers you, of my persuasion that strong? Well, like, I mean, it, it, Corey Davis is a pedigree player. Crowder is not. He's a decent PPR type player, but he did didn't do crap for eight weeks last year. Right. So I could see I could see that. I mean, I don't I don't I know I don't like Corey Davis like he's the best thing in the world. I don't absolutely hate him. Well, you absolutely hate him if you don't think he's the best thing in the world. I'll tell you that right now. Signed, Corey Davis fan club president. Where, so where's Corey Davis? His ADP. I don't. Ah, uh, great question. Right oh, great right question. Place. Yeah. So let's look it up here. In FFPC best balls right now, Corey Davis is actually going at the 701. So this is right around where he normally goes. It does. If it was a main event too, I would definitely take Corey Davis. If it, you know, being a best ball, which this is, I can see the argument for Crowder. It's it, it's kind of close for me actually. But doesn't the fact? Okay, so talk a little bit about the main event, um, which you can sign up for at myffpc.com. Two hundred fifty thousand dollar grand prize, two million dollar prize pool. Yeah. By the way, you don't have to just pay your teams off. Now you can actually register for a new team, and you can be your first team because you you said on your little presentation yeah. earlier you said hey pay your teams off or get a second team you know at a discount. Yeah. Or you, register. You can buy your first team. I, here's what I would recommend. I'll give you the, the bulky recipe for success over the next four hours and 14 minutes. Register your first team, okay? But then take advantage of this multi-team discount and get your second team at $300 off. Yeah, I, I think that is the sharp team, play. Pour yourself a nice, a huge scotch with ice or without. Get really drunk. Forget that, you, credit card. forget that you signed up for the first team. Yeah, buy like five more teams, and, and then, then in the morning you'll have like eight grand on your credit and, card, and yeah. you'll be, you know, be hungover, and then don't tell your wife what you did, and have a great time. And draft some teams, and you'll do really well. And one of those teams <laughs> will do well, at least one. Yeah, and then you, you, know, then you uh, remodel the kitchen with the money you went for the 250 grand, and you buy yourself a Ferrari. Getting back to um, the FFPC main event, you said... All because you drank too much scotch tonight. Right. You said that Davis would probably be your pick there. Talk a little bit about why it would be different in that format than this. 
than a best ball. I don't know. I mean, you can make the argument that he's worth taking in a best ball, too. He doesn't need to do all that great every week. I don't know. He, he has he has more upside than Crowder. Okay. So I, and I, I and look at the upside, and I think it's, it's interesting. The reason I brought it up was because, obviously, first place gets a 2019 FFPC main event team. Second place does not get anything. So how much of the shooting for the moon, shooting for the stars pick is that there with you're going with the upside? Well, keep, keep in mind that the team has been talking about Corey Davis this preseason. And as much as I've crapped on Corey Davis, he had a bad rookie season. He didn't even do anything in the combine at all. I, so I think those are red flags. But, I mean, I'm willing to change my opinion. If he goes out and has, like, you know, three for 102 touchdowns in the first preseason game, you know, am I going to just ignore that and be totally stubborn? No, I'm actually willing right. to take another look at things. You have to be fungible. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? R- rankings have to be fungible. Some people, some, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these websites, they're hesitant to change the rankings very much, and it's like, you know, when things change, they do. So right. feel free to move around. Exactly. Uh, Jameson Crowder, the pick right after that to Derek Brinkman. Rex Burkhead, the number three running back drafted by Kevin O'Brien, followed by Jack Doyle, another team doubling up uh, with tight end. Richard Beard gets Jack Doyle to go with Greg Olson. Chris Hogan right after that, the number two receiver drafted by Elliot Chris. And then George Kittle uh, in the seventh round tonight. Uh, to uh, Caleb Alcorn and uh, Sean Isaacs um, from, you know, I, I want to say like, oh yeah, the California duo, <laughs> even though I have no idea if they're from California. I'm going to look, actually. I'm looking. You look that up and I'll tell everybody what, uh, what happened in the rest of the seventh round. Pierre Garcon, Devin Funches, and Manny Sanders. Boom, 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 boom. Right after that, three straight receivers. So Bloom, Bloom, t- yeah, Bloom takes Garcon, Funches goes to Chad Castorina, and then uh, Emmanuel Sanders, of course, to Rich Rebar as his number three receiver. Deshaun Watson is uh, the number four quarterback selected tonight. Watson to Don Azell with the penultimate pick of the seventh round, and then Tevin Coleman, the number two running back for uh, Josh Hornsby there at the uh, 7-12. That is the seventh round, ladies and gentlemen. You're looking at three tight ends, a quarterback, uh, only only three running backs in that round, and the rest were all receivers. So it's it's starting to vary up a little bit as these these um, uh, drafters are looking more at maybe filling needs uh, on their team rather than best player available at this point. Not wanting to get caught with their pants down, uh, which hopefully doesn't happen with any of these teams tonight or in real life. Quite frankly, nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Anyway, Dave, do you know where uh, Alcorn and Isaacs reside? I do. All right. It's not CA. Uh-huh. It's CO. Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Okay. They're a mile high salute, baby. And uh, both of those Time states, legal. notorious weed smoking yeah, states. Yeah, so great. Maybe they, maybe they do. Uh, they know how to draft quarterbacks this team. Just wait till you talk about their quarterbacks. Well, there's a little bit of mini quarterback run coming up in round yeah. nine. Let's, let's recap round eight first. Will Fuller to Josh Hornsby as his number four receiver. Tom Brady goes to Donna So He goes back-to-back quarterbacks there with Watson and Brady. Certainly some, uh, some definite upside there. Uh, inexplicably, once again, Drew Brees goes ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I can't explain it. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. But Brees uh, goes to Rich Rebar from Roto World. Um, and I, I think it's clear who knows more about fantasy football, Rich Rebar, Eric Falkman, and it ain't the latter. So congratulations, Rich Rebar, on that Drew Brees selection as his number one quarterback there. Duke Johnson off the board right after that to Chad Castorina. And then Tariq Cohen, the number four running back drafted by Sigmund Bloom. Robert Woods is the fourth receiver taken by uh, Alicorn and Isaacs, Colorado's own, pride of Colorado. Devontae Parker is the third straight receiver drafted by Elliot Chris. Here's what he's doing, Dave. He, he's, he's, you know, he, you have what's called a station eater. Do you know what station eaters are in, when, for meals, ingesting meals? 
You have your maybe, mashed, I, maybe I don't. You have your mashed potatoes, you have your steak, you have your asparagus, and people eat each thing in its entirety before moving on to the next oh. one. It's called station eating. Is it? Ellie Christ is station drafting right now. He's going <laughs> to draft all the running backs he needs, then he's going to draft all the receivers he needs, and then he'll either go tight end or quarterback or whatever and fill in the blanks after that. He is the station drafter. Today. That's interesting. Good job. I like yeah. that. Dude, do you do that? How do you eat? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I've... You don't know how you eat? I, I think I station eat more often than not. Um, if I'm going out for, like, a, 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 a big meal, uh, like, a, like uh, you know, we'll go to uh, Joe's Stone Crab. Right. So if you want for, like, a really nice meal... I, I, I will not, like I really will nice. not station eat then. Well, kind of, they serve stuff in courses a little bit, too, though. Okay, well, but, but you're right. Those, but then they'll have like the, the Madagascar shrimp. But then they'll have the, the proteins and the, right. the, the starches and what have you. Yeah, they'll have like broccoli and then the, whatever that potato onion mix is, which is really good. The au gratin. No, it's the uh, Leonese potato. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Not as embarrassing that I know the name. No, not, not embarrassing. Leonese potato. It's so good. So with, yeah, with yeah, that. So I'll, I'll do that too. I'll put kind of combine. Um, but like if I'm making stuff at home, um. Uh, I will usually station eat, and that's that's the way I roll. <laughs> Very interesting. You know what? Let's just. I'm so uh, in, listeners. I, I was going to say, let's not talk about the draft. Let's just talk more about station eating and meals. I, I like think that. that's what people really care about. So do you, yeah, do you like the breadsticks over at Olive Garden or the? I always do. Like a red lobster I, better than biscuits. Oh god, they're so good. <laughs> but you know, what? I I I feel like sometimes I have to get a shrimp cocktail when I go to Red Lobster, just so I don't mow those Cheddar Bay biscuits. You know, yeah, I, like, I need to be eating something. Yeah, doing something while, well, because everyone else in the party is always eating the Cheddar right. Bay biscuits, right? Yeah, like, can we get some more biscuits, yeah, please? Ah. Like, you people should be embarrassed of yourselves, you pigs. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to go that far, but it's... Just, I mean, like, the, the, you know, those things have so much fat in them that it's you know, bleeding through the napkin. All, all the oil and everything is bleeding through the napkin. You guys are eating like there's no tomorrow, and then you order more of them. Yeah. Right. Save it for the boost. All Go right. ahead. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, so uh, Robert Woods was the uh, selection uh, to um, uh, Alcorn and Isaacs. Devontae Parker to Elliot Chris. Marquise Goodwin is the third receiver selected by Richard Beard. And then Carrion Johnson goes off the board tonight at the 8-0-9. Carrion Johnson to Kevin O'Brien. I feel like none of these players play Dynasty. As, uh, this as is the, the fourth running This guy. is the anti-Dynasty draft because... The dynasty players draft all these rookie running backs early. These guys are just letting them fall to God knows when, whatever. Yeah, that's sort of been the staple of this draft thus far. Ronald Jones going uh, at the, the falling to the six uh, ten. Uh, Rashad Penny. I mean, say what you will about where his he normally goes, but tonight he fell to the four oh seven. Darius Geis at the five oh seven. These know are the people that have jobs, bulky. Yeah, they're not around, they're not dicking around all preseason. Like looking at you know going to the watching the combine watching the draft doing all this stuff these people have jobs they have real lives they don't pay attention to this stuff as much. Now uh, yes apparently <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz the number one uh, quarterback drafted by Derek Brinkman uh, in the eighth round here and then completing the eighth round is OJ Howard to Dan Chenio and then Carlos Hyde is the number three running back to uh, Steve Michaud and you know. Okay, so he went, okay, let's just get into round nine because he went back-to-back rounds here. David Njoku leads off round nine. I think that's good value there, too, especially for how the tight ends have been going in this draft. I think getting David Njoku at the 901 is good work. Yeah, that was solid for sure, actually, it was good because there was the fear that he wouldn't get somebody that has that upside, and Njoku definitely does. Back-to-back Packers after that, Packers running backs to be specific, as Aaron Jones goes at the 902, Jamal Williams right after that to Derek Brinkman at the 903. And then a little bit of a quarterback run here. 
Um, and, and clearly the, the, the last one selected was the best one. Kirk Cousins goes to Kevin O'Brien, Philip Rivers to Richard Beard, Matthew Stafford to Elliot Chris. And, you know, we talked about a lot of steals in this draft thus far. Various guys, <laughs> Ronald Jones. I think the, the one that stands out is Patrick Mahomes here in the ninth round to uh, uh, Alcorn and Isaacs there. That was a good job by them nabbing their number one quarterback, who, quite frankly, might be the number one quarterback in fantasy. Let's just call a spade a spade here. Mahomes is going to be the man this year. Robbie Anderson, the third receiver drafted by Sigmund Bloom. Cameron Brace, the second tight end selected uh, by Chad Castorina here at the 909. Uh, Cameron, excuse me, um, yeah, Cameron Brace. And then Cooper Cup, the number four receiver by Rich Rebar. Rich Rebar gets him at the 910 pair of quarterbacks to finish off the round. Don Azell, Ben Roethlisberger, Josh Hornsby, Matt Ryan. What do you make of Azell going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in rounds seven, eight, and nine? And at that point, nobody else had two quarterbacks on their roster. He now has three. Uh, I think it was, you know, a wasted pick with Roethlisberger and pretty needless. I think he should have drafted a receiver because he only has three. I know he drafted three fairly early, but he only does have three. The number two running back, and I have a starter. So, yeah, he needed something, somebody else. I actually would have passed on – I would have got – if I was – I would say he needed Brady or Watson probably there, and I would have not taken one coming back around either. I would have been – I think, if, if, in fact, if you had got rid of Brady out of there, if, right. you know, there's nothing wrong with Brady. and taking a different position, you have Watson and Roethlisberger, and you'd still be fine. Clearly, you're going to have the best quarterbacks in this league, clearly. Yeah, he will. Congratulations. He's going to have a lot worse running backs and receivers thanks to taking so many quarterbacks early. Well, I, I mean, the good part for him is he did get um, – he started off his draft with two uber-talented receivers who should put up uh, huge numbers this year. Um, Thielen as a number three is fine, but then he did ignore the position. We'll have to see how he fills in the cracks. Yeah, I mean, Don's a great player. I mean, he could be very confident in his ability to draft running backs and receivers late, but I just felt like that was not quite necessary to go quite that crazy at quarterback. Especially when you're getting late. He's now short at receiver. He's now short at running back, and he's now short at tight end. And you only have to make one pick at a time, so now what? What's the most difficult position to draft late in a best ball? If I narrow it down to running backs, receivers, and tight ends, what's the most difficult position to – like if you're caught short at one of those positions, what's the most difficult one to fill in? And actually get production. And get production in, in this format. I think tight ends really tough because yeah. tight ends get pushed up so much. It's just tough to grab like a tight end number thirty and hope you're gonna get something. But then at the, at the same time, you don't want to overkill at the at the start of the draft, as you were alluding to earlier. Like you don't want to. I think I, I I do think spacing them out to some extent, if possible, makes some sense. It's an art, Dave. <laughs> There's no science to this. It, it's an absolute art to to get the tight ends at at the right spot, and that's what makes it. It's something you know, it's something good receivers late too. That actually, that, you know, if you get receivers that amount to like three for thirty every week, but that's not all that good. But I mean, in a best ball format, if you can get those big play guys after, like, round 14, round 15. Three for 30 guys, not a big play guy. Well, I mean, clearly you don't want to get the guy that's consistently getting three for 30, but he's not going to get three for 30 every the, week. The problem is, I, I really, I'm, I'm convinced that the whole, like, big play guy thing yeah. is so over, like, stated. Okay. And also, there's no big play guys going out there in the 17th round that are going to all of a sudden go nine for 150 and two touchdowns. They're not. That's Odell Beckham. That you might have a guy who goes one for seventy in a touchdown twice in the season. Yeah. 
congratulations. Maybe he starts. You got a 12 out of them or 13 or whatever. It's not. It's, they're not all, all over the place. They're yeah. not that much out there. But they're out there. Will Fuller, I mean, for example, Will Fuller goes where do you go here? The, uh, the 801. That's, uh-huh. a, that's your big play receiver type guy. Well, I, was, I wasn't really necessarily. I mean, to me, Sean Jackson, fine. He, where's he going to go in the 13th? I don't know. Maybe even later. But I'm just saying um, eighth round is not where I'm, I'm talking about, like, getting value late. Like, I'm talking about, like, late, late. But I'm talking about actual big play receivers. That's where they go. They okay. go in the eighth and ninth round. All right. So, you, uh, in your opinion, that is overrated. And that is not the key to victory in this. You would rather have – you would go the other way and get – give me the consistent guys in best ball. Even if they, they – aren't going to be catching, like, 80-yard bombs. I have no problem with consistent players in basketball. You just need to get points every week. I yep. mean, there's not a lot of players that are getting at 30- and 40-point weeks. There just aren't. And they're going to be going in the top four or five rounds. You're not going to find those guys in the 12, 13, 14th rounds. Unless, unless you get incredibly, you know, you have an incredibly great draft. Ellen Camaro last year was a good example of a player that you had a really good pick, uh, whether it's fortunate or smart or both. Uh, that turned out really well. But that was a running back. It's not a receiver or side out. Well, can I tell you a receiver that I hit on late in one of my drafts? Sure, go ahead. In, in actually a best ball format, Juju Smith-Schuster was going super late last year. You actually drafted Schuster. Oh, yeah. In a, in a, well, it was a best ball. So, I mean, oh, like okay. everybody got drafted. That makes sense. You know? so, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, they're, they're out there. Yeah, because he was a waiver guy until, like, week nine or, or so last year. Yeah. We did we did tell him earlier. It was it – was You were re- touting – Schuster. It was a fun league to check because, like, <laughs> I bet it was the, the first couple, you know, because like I drafted it early and I wasn't really paying attention to it, and then it was fun to check, like, oh yeah, I got Smith Schuster on the <laughs> right. Yeah. This is great, you know, yeah, it's that's fantastic. Awesome. That's actually I always cool. liked that when um, we had um, my my co-manager and me, we we had on uh, Jalen Richard a couple of years ago it was like one of our last picks. And then, I don't know if you remember this, but that year Richard like, had like a 40 or 50-yard touchdown. Or maybe it was Dwayne Washington. I can't remember. It was one of the backup Raiders running backs. And I'm like, ah, sweet. He's starting for us this week. But I didn't notice it until <laughs> right. after Monday Night Football. I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. It's going to be a great, great team. And it, it really wasn't. But, um, you know but really it's fun? always fun checking that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what's really fun is that, you know, our buddies, Kurt and Leroy, they're friends of ours. They right. play FFPC. They yeah. usually play FFPCDs. Yeah. I think, was it last year they drafted a guy who was on IR from... Bruce Ellington? Yeah, Bruce Ellington. Yeah. So we made fun of them for that. Yep. They generally will draft a kicker that they're not sure if he's, if he's playing or not. Right, yeah. And so what happens, it's happened a couple times to them now, the kicker they drafted was not on a team, but by halfway through the season, he, he, got on he was on a team. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys are like the you know, luckiest guys. Yep. Um, personally, I think they should, they should move to auction. I don't think their GE is good for them anymore. Wow. Well, I mean, that remains to be seen. <laughs> um, former guest of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and, and a guy who's won a ton of cash, former actually FFPC main event champion, Don Metter. Uh, when I, we had him on the show, or maybe it was the road of his high stakes load on. I can't remember sure. what I was talking about, but you know, he'll do high stakes best ball. He will draft it. And he tells me he doesn't even check it <laughs> all season, oh, literally oh, all oh, season. Yeah. He'll do the whole, and then he'll start after the season's over. He'll check to see. And I mean, there was one, it was like a, you know, like a, a 1250 one uh, mm-hmm. that he drafted live. Ah, like, oh, 1250. Let's see how I did in this one. Oh, I had this guy and this guy. I bet I did pretty good. Oh, hey, I won. <laughs> You know, fifteen grand or, or twelve grand or whatever it was, ten grand that, that he won. Didn't even realize it until then. Wasn't even following it throughout the season. I think he's a vice president, like Smith Barney or something. He's rich. But what still, well, I mean, you're drafting the team. Wouldn't you want to follow? I mean, part of the enjoyment of fantasy is following your team. Every he's selling day. people bomb ladders. He's busy all week. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> 
where do we leave off here? I, 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 I don't know. Who cares? No, no. Everybody cares. We, we don't want to leave people hanging here. Um, so we, uh, we talked about the ninth round. Let's get to the tenth round. The 10-01 with C.J. Anderson to Josh Hornsby as his number three running back trying to fill in the cracks there. It's a, it's a team that he is uh, going to need some running back help on for sure. Isaiah Crowell goes to Donazel right after that. Pair of receivers, Kenny Stills to Rich Rebar, and then Marquise Lee uh, to uh, Chad Castorina there. Uh, Alex Smith, the number one quarterback drafted by Sigmund Bloom in the 10th round, the 10-05 to be specific, the third uh, head of that ugly, ugly RBBC in Green Bay uh, is Ty Montgomery, and he goes to Alcorn and Isaacs at the 10-06 tonight. Andrew Luck pairs with Matthew Stafford as Elliot Chris. I'm telling you, man, station drafting. Six straight running backs, three straight receivers, now two straight quarterbacks. We'll see if when he starts filling in the tight end. Um, but Wait till dessert. That, that's, that's, what, that's what he's – yeah, kicker. The, 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 so what – is defense the uh, the the grasshopper, the the after dinner drink? Yeah. The Zambuca. No, the, Zambuca. The, the port wine. What's the other one? Zambuca and uh, the the other like uh, I can't think of the name. Drambui. That, oh, that's yeah. the other one yeah. that I was trying to think of. Uh, Andrew Luck to uh, Elliot Chris there. Alan Hearns is the number four receiver drafted by Richard Beard here in the tenth round. Austin Safarian Jenkins is Kevin O'Brien's number one tight end as he waited until round 10 to draft his uh, first tight end. Jared Goff is the uh, second um, quarterback off the board to Derek Brinkman there. Uh, his name used to be uh, uh, Jared Goff. Uh, then he went to Ireland, and they called it Goff. Back without then. the L. Yeah, without the L. Had no recipes. Thank you. Sterling Shepard to Dan Seno as his number four receiver. And then uh, Eric Ebron completes round 10 as he is the second tight end to, uh, off the board to uh, Stephen Michaud. So now as we look at how these tight ends are shaping up, after 10 rounds of drafting action, you have one, uh, two, three, four, five, six teams. Half the league has two tight ends after round 10. It's a have and have not situation right now <laughs> for uh, these tight ends. Do you think... You know, we've seen the tight ends. They, they didn't go as crazy as they did last night. But you look at Sigmund Bloom's team where he has Gronk and Graham. Yeah. Uh, he used first and third round picks on him. Do you think seeing the flow now, he would have liked to go a different direction there? Or do you think he's happy with getting that, that big-time tight end production early? You know, he may be happy with it. But I, I think I, I know what you're saying, and I think I would have – were I him, I would have let Graham then go and get, gotten someone else. I mean, in retrospect, you, you can look back on it and say, oh, or, or even, you know, taking Graham in the third and not having taken Brock. So, I get it. And Sigmund Bloom, by the way, I, I know he's won at least, Darren, Darren Armani could probably he's had, Yeah, he's had success. He's won at least one pros versus Joe's league. He might have won two, or maybe even more than that, quite frankly, I don't know. Uh, but he knows what he's doing. And I don't really think he's ever changed his philosophy on believing in elite tight ends. It seems like this is, has been his strategy in the past, and it's worked out for him as well. For any of the haters out there that want to say, ah, the tight ends are overvalued in the FFPC, it's a gimmick. Well, yes, it's a gimmick, and it's a fun one. It's not a gimmick. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, FFPC drafts are very unpredictable. You have other drafts, like more like the WCOF format, and it's just ABC drafting. It's like the, the receivers go early, they go crazy, and then the running backs kind of go. You wait on quarterback, you wait on tight end, blah, blah, blah. It's just very boring. Here you have to actually be thinking on your feet. And it, it's a dynamic type of draft. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying with FFPC drafts there. It's, uh, they're, they're definitely different than, than what you're normally accustomed to uh, to seeing from your basement leagues and any other league you might join. Um, that uses basement league type rules. That uses basement league type rules, yeah. <laughs> Jameis Winston is the uh, second quarterback drafted by uh, Stephen Michaud as he uh, pairs Winston with uh, Rodgers there as his uh, second tied ex-quarterback. Marcus Mariota pairs with Cam Newton for Dan Sanio as he gets him at the 11.02. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Brinkman's third quarterback. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of youthful energy there at quarterback for uh, Brinkman. I don't think I would take Winston over Mariota, Garoppolo, or Prescott, actually. I would would definitely take Mariota and Garoppolo over Winston. Prescott, I, I think I'd still rather have Winston there, even with the suspension. You know, Prescott, I know no one likes him, but he's been a top every he's been a you know NFL two years, he's been a top twelve quarterback both years. And Des has sucked. Des was terrible last year, so you lose Des big deal. I uh there's no one to throw it to. I don't know who he's gonna throw it to, I have no idea. Well But he keeps on putting up numbers. Hearns, Gallup, Elliott. I know, that, those are good nobody. Blake Jarwin. But somebody might become a somebody by the end of the season. You never know. Uh, I just saw a blurb, I think, on Roto World today that he was working out with uh, Quarterback Academy, um, John Beck specifically, and, uh, you know, obviously taking this job seriously and wants to take a step forward. The other thing that we need to not forget when it comes to Dak Prescott, he's got two pretty talented legs under him, too, that can always help. You know, if you, if you ever have a quarterback on your fantasy roster and he's maybe not the greatest through the air, man, you... you you get as long as he can run, he can cover up a lot of warts for you at the position. I also I think the important thing about Prescott is that he keeps his hands to himself when he gets in an Uber, so his hands are important as well. Yeah, that uh, you don't need to continually rip on Jameis Winston every opportunity. His name is Jameis, and yes, I do. <laughs> Charles Clay right after Jimmy Garoppolo to Kevin O'Brien, Richard Matthews uh, to Richard Beer. That is an underrated skill. You don't hear too many people talking about keeping hands to themselves in Ubers as being part of a, <laughs> being a pedigreed quarterback. But clearly, uh, we are living in a day and age when that is crucial and it is key. I mean, keeping a job in the NFL. Why didn't Winston just drive home drunk like everybody else does? Yeah, we don't need to get in that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I you know it's funny because he actually took the Uber. But then it's like yeah, he was probably drunk, right? He didn't drive himself home drunk. And then he takes the Uber and it still screws it up. Uber should have, like, I, I need to, you know, you can, you can, Put some sort of block on your phone from drunk texting your ex at like one in the morning or midnight <laughs> or whatever. They need to have some somehow an Uber like, I need a ride. I need a male driver only. <laughs> like only male drivers. Like, you know, and non-attractive male male drivers. So I can't right, get yeah. anything mixed up, you know, because I don't know how drunk I am. So I think that's that's the key. That's that's the next evolution of Uber. Uh, to just tailor the driver. Fully secured backseat. Yeah. Separated from the front. Yes, I need, I need, I need. And I'm dangerous. I need a, I, yeah, yeah. like Uber. It should be like Uber 911, where it's just a cop car comes and like it doesn't, you know, it's no ticket to take no, you home. T- no ticket. You didn't do anything wrong, but I know I won't do anything wrong if I'm sitting in the back of a cop car. Right. You know, I think that's 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 a million dollar idea right now. Sure. Dude. Do we know any app people do, like that that we can, you know, of all the people we've had on the high stakes fantasy football hour, you know, any? Did we just have a Silicon Valley guy on? <laughs> uh, I thought we did. Like a, like, a, like a VC guy? Yeah. I'm telling you, we need to get hooked up with these people. We're we're we might as well be lighting money on fire when we talk about this on the air because you know somebody's gonna do it. 
This is how venture capital works. You give them half your company, they give you some money, and then if the idea is really good, they won't steal all your, they won't take all the ownership. But if your idea is okay, it'll work really hard, and then they'll either take it and bankrupt you, or they'll take it and you'll just bankrupt the company. So enjoy. All right, so maybe we don't need to get hooked up with that. Richard Matthews after Charles Clay. Richard right. Matthews to Richard Beard. Jared Cook is the first tight end drafted by Elliot Chris. I'm telling you, station drafting. Here it is again. He's starting with the tight end. You're right. Good on quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. Uh, Jared Cook goes to Elliott Chris, and then you have uh, Dak Prescott, the number two quarterback taken by uh, Caleb Alcorn and Sean Isaacs. And I'll tell you what, I don't like the pick. You already have Mahomes. You don't need another quarterback, even in a best ball format. No, that's fine. Um, Dak Prescott goes, and then Nelson Aguilar right after that to Sigmund Bloom as his number four receiver. Blake Bortles is the second quarterback chosen by Chad Castorina to go with Russell Wilson. Bortles goes at the 11.09. Naheem Hines, the number four running back selected by Rich Rebar, uh, who obviously was uh, very fortunate to get some good value on Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon. He does not take another running back until the 11th round. He is Hines, and that is his number four running back. Austin Hooper, the penultimate pick of round 11, to Don Azell as his number two tight end. Case Keenum, second quarterback drafted by Josh Hornsby. Um, I like Rebar's structure of this team. Well, I mean, get, get into that a little bit and, and talk a little bit about why, uh, why his structure is something that the Dizzle uh, is a big fan of. Well, you know, he takes those three running backs. I know this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but he takes three running backs early, and he peppers in the wide receivers. He takes a tight end in the fifth, and he takes Drew Brees in the eighth. Now, Jordan Reed, granted, has injury concerns, but if he stays healthy, he's got two pretty elite players, Jordan Reed and Drew Brees. So then he doesn't really have this huge need to, to pound quarterback or pound tight end. Instead, he, he, knew, he knows his weakness was wide receiver, so he takes Diggs, Edelman, Sanders, and then follows up Reeves with Cup, Stills, takes Hines, which I think is a solid pick. I mean, the, the Colts like him. They've been pumping him up as a third down back. And then he takes Benjamin in the 12th. I mean, it's, it's nice. I mean, like, he, he knew his deficiencies at receiver, and he, and he really tried to pound and address those. Going to re- reserve judgment until I see what he does with tight ends here, but the rest of his team is, is pretty solid. I mean, this team could end up sucking if Reeves gets hurt. That's, that's the issue. Yeah, for absolutely. And let, put it this way. That is not a crutch I want to build my team on of Jordan Reed staying healthy. At least it's not about Tyler Eifert. That should not be one of the pillars of, of a good fantasy team is Jordan Reed health. You know, by the way, after the news that came out today about Eifert, I'm oh, I didn't see that. What news came out today about Eifert? Um, it was something that he's not, he's not, he's like a pup list, he's not ready yet. And they used to be considered oh. week-to-week and questionable for week one. Oh, for God's sake. I'm taking Tyler Croft over Eifert. I'm surprised that Croft is not going out of Eifert. Yeah, that is Eifert, to me, is undraftable. I might even cut him on my fantasy Sharks team. He sucks. He's terrible. Is Croft the number three target for Cincinnati right now? I mean, am I, I, am I speaking out of place by saying that? Green and Mixon I would put ahead of him. But and then there's you have Le- LaFell and Ross and... Um, Rock. Who's the other? Uh, Tyler Boyd is there. Yeah, like they, they, Giovanni Bernard. They can't I mean, figure out their second. Uh, they can't figure out their second receiver. I think Croft is de- definitely the mix for could two be three or four. Team. Yeah, I'll tell you whose team would look good with uh, Tyler Croft on it. Rich Rebar. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever. Uh, okay, so that was uh, the end of the twelfth. Or excuse me, round. Uh, that was round eleven. We got. We just got through. Kickoff round twelve with Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, the fifth receiver drafted at the 12-0-1 to Josh Hornsby from Fantasy Insiders. Benjamin Watson is the number three tight end selected by Don Azell there. Kev, uh, Kelvin Benjamin goes to Rich Rebar as his number, am I seeing this right, number six receiver? Boy, that's really good value. 
get Benjamin there. What's well, uh, the take the number one for a team that has no quarterback play? But he say, he goes two picks after Galloway, who's the number three for a team that actually has good quarterback play. So it's interesting. Well, I mean, there's a there's a knee, you know, a lingering knee issue with Kelvin Benjamin that you don't have with Kenny Holiday as well. Sure. But the point is made. Uh, Muhammad Sanu to uh, Chad Castorina, followed by Tyler Lockett to Sigmund Bloom. A trio of tight ends go off the board here. Vance McDonald to Alcorn and Isaacs. Ricky Seals-Jones to Elliot Crist. Station drafting. Uh, and then Tyler Eifert goes off the board to Richard Beard. I know if I ask you who your favorite tight end is of those trio, of that trio, you're not going to say Eifert. So who do you like better this year, Seals-Jones or Vance McDonald? I'll take Seals Jones even with his legal issues. Is it because of he represents a much higher upside than Vance McDonald, or is it because yeah. he could be higher in the target pecking order in Arizona than Vance McDonald is in Pittsburgh? Well, or is it is it yes to both? Yeah. It's yes to both. Okay. I mean, it is. I mean, you know, Fitzgerald and then nobody. And Ricky Seals Jones actually looked really, he looked really good last year. Well, I mean, David Johnson is probably the number two. Right. I mean, as, again, as I'm talking about pass catchers, pure pass catchers, receivers, okay. and say and Vance McDonald, I mean, to me, he's just a guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why we get so excited about him. I think it has something to do with Pittsburgh being one of the best offenses in the NFL, but the problem is because they're one of the best offenses, he's actually pushed down the target chain there. Yeah, I mean, okay, so if you're including running backs for Pittsburgh, you have he's like number five probably yeah. on the list. He's, uh, he's definitely behind Brown Bell and uh, Smith-Schuster. He's probably behind Washington? Maybe not. He might be fourth. So whatever. I don't know. It's it's but it's the fact that it's debatable kind of lets you know where he stands. Yeah, and Big Ben, you know, he's not like he's going in the fifth round, five hundred one, like Rogers, the Hall of Famer, you know, MVP. He goes in the ninth, tenth round. I got to tell you, Dave, we already talked about rookie running backs falling in this draft. We might have just seen the biggest fall. Oh my goodness, you're right. For, for anybody, this is nuts. Any rookie running back, Nick Chubb falls. I'm telling you, you all, guys, none of you guys don't play dynasty. All the way. Down. Some of these guys don't play Kevin O'Brien, by the way, from Dynasty League Football, <laughs> grabs Nick Chubb in the 12th round. He gets Lamar Miller, Jay Ajayi, Rex Burkhead, Kerryon Johnson, all ahead of Nick Chubb. Nick I could be asking Kevin O'Brien why he didn't take Chubb in the 10th or the 11th. He right. screwed up those two picks, too. Well, I mean, he did need tight ends. I will say that. I'm kidding. Um, Nick Chubb goes off the board tonight. At the 12.09, you want to guess what his normal ADP is for FFPC best ball? I would guess. Wrong. Eight guess seven. again. 8.07. Oh, that's pretty close. Yeah, very good guess. And uh, you just, uh, Kevin O'Brien got four rounds of value there. That's four amazing. rounds of value. Incredible. In the prestigious pros versus Joe's competition, that is tough to do. Congratulations. That's like friend. going on Antiques Roadshow and getting a $20,000 bid on your little um, amulet. Amulet? Yeah. Do they have a lot of amulets on that show? Yeah, they have all sorts of crap. I know. I just never saw an amulet. <laughs> Not that I watch it, but you know, when I've seen it in the past, it's always like a chest of drawers or, or um, you know, some sort of uh, lamp or vase or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like some really ugly green vase, like yeah. you said. And they're like, oh, this is from the 1820s. It's worth eight thousand dollars. I'm like, I wouldn't give ten cents for yeah. an ugly pile of crap. Yeah. Uh, George Washington once relieved himself in this box. <laughs> you can tell by how the the brass polish is, is worn at, at these areas around the rim. Um, at auction, this would go for $8,000. I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need to move on past this. I, I don't know how we get on some of these tangents. This all. is the best show of the three, by the way. Definitely not. Most, most tangents. Most, most, 
Well, definitely not the best show out of. Is <laughs> it, calling in? It's just, it's just, um, it's, it's the fact that we we start off with the first one and we're all white hot and then everything goes downhill from there. They're gonna get worse people. Well, we've already talked about all these stupid players, so we want to talk about something else. Has anyone called in? No. Can we please get a caller? Yeah, we got we had a caller earlier. Ken and Jacksonville called in. That was good to hear from Ken. Yeah, he was nice. Uh, so you had uh, Theo Riddick right after uh, Nick Chubb. Theo Riddick goes to uh, Derek Brinkman, Giovanni Bernard at the 12-11, and then the defense is cracked with uh, the Jags again falling to the 12-12. This is really interesting to me that we've seen consistently um, in FFPC best ball formats. The Jacksonville defense it has an ADP of the 11th round, and this is the highest we've seen them go thus far, and it's still at, at the 12-13 turn. People are just not picking defenses in this format. You know, it's tough for me to, you know, I don't care what kind of defense value you get. I don't care. I don't, I'm not impressed by defense value. Yeah, I'm but, sorry. I mean, okay, that, that's fine, but they help you win, Dave. Yeah, defenses are so unpredictable that I, I don't, I think that it's a waste to draft the, the number one ranked so-called defense Okay. Value. Because they don't end up being the number one ranked defense. How it's would, invariably is the way that it is. How would you handle defenses if you were drafting the pros or Joe's? How many of them I would have take three? I know you would t- obviously yes, I would take three too. But how many of them are off the board before you look at? Well, I'll tell you one thing. One? I'll tell you four of these people are not going to be taking three defenses. That's true. Mathematically. Yeah. Yes. I, so four people. I get be, it. Four people will be making a mistake because you have to take three. You don't so, have to. There's a lot of there's plenty of data out there that says you need two. The, no, there is not. The data is. Absolutely steadfast that three defenses is correct. I know what you're talking about. Fine. Anyway, I would take. I would not be the first one to take a defense. I would probably be like, I would, if I was especially at the end, I would wait till like six to eight were off the board or whatever in that neighborhood, and then I would just grab a couple. Just make sure that if you have two defenses and you have two kickers, you always can grab the third one. But if you only have one, then you're you in a little bit. You can't draft the third one. Yeah. You can't draft the third one. You got to get a second one still. So that's what you, you don't want to be left having. Even if it's the Cleveland Browns as your third defense, yeah. it's like at least you got it. It doesn't matter. I, 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 I honestly, for me, I don't care. I'll take three crappy defenses. I, I do. I do. I mean, I care about the defenses. I do want to have some that are at least. I'd like to have one in the top ten. Uh, I'd like to actually have a fairly semi-elite kicker if I can. But yeah. if, you know, if I if I miss, it's okay. But I want to have guys that I've heard their names before. I want to have Graham Gano, uh, Mason Crosby with, type guy. With, I don't want. I don't want the guys like. Rosa, so where I'm like, oh, you know, is he keeping the job or Yeah, not, exactly. You know? That's what I'm always concerned about with kickers, and I think it's much more important for the kickers. But teams can't cut the entire defense. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that's fine. If, if, I, I have had a lot of success rolling with, like, let's say, Detroit, New Orleans, Cleveland. Just off sure. the top of my yeah, head, right. three blase, not very good defenses, and it works because of the value you get from the other positions. Shane Hallam chiming in the chat room. Um, you know, we're talking about how many defenses, how many kickers you need. As he uh, so eloquently puts, you only need one tight end in this competition, <laughs> as Tim McCullough proved uh, a few years back when he drafted Antonio Gates as his sole tight end and won the whole damn thing. You know, I, th- I think the fact that that happened is it, it's such a it's a crazy outlier and that it's fine. But people shouldn't people haven't been doing that by the way. But taking two nobody's tight, done it since taking two tight ends is another tragic mistake. Yeah, so. that's, that's really bad. I, I think like in this in a tight end premium format, I think you even need more than three. I think, yeah, I think three to four. I think four is actually all right. I would shoot for four or five. Well, whatever. 28 rounds, five tight ends. 
Well, don't take five just to spite yourself. I mean, you actually have to have five legitimate ones. Well, I'm just going to be – I plan on being dominant everywhere else okay. so I can afford the fifth tight end, Dave. Yeah, well, you have Mahomes. I'm sure your team will be amazing. Oh, yeah, so exactly. I probably don't even need any tight ends. Like, I'll take a zero at tight end just to make things fair for everybody else. Sure, sure. 1301 is Doug Martin. That's Stephen Michaud's pick there. And then DJ Moore falls at 1302 tonight to Dan Senio. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams defense to Derek Brinkman at the 1303, followed by Jordy Nelson and Mitchell Trubisky. Nelson to O'Brien, Trubisky to Beard. Uh, trio of receivers right after that. Josh Doxson to Elliot Chris. Calvin Ridley to uh, Alcott and, uh, and Isaac. Excuse me, Alcorn and Isaacs. And then uh, Paul Richardson right after that. Who do you like best of those, that trio, David? Oh, hold on. Let me guess. Uh, between Doxon, Ridley, and Richardson, oh, you, know you, like, you like Richardson better. Yeah, I like Richardson better. Significantly better than Doxon and Ridley. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say significantly better, but I don't think, I think Doxon's had his chance to, to break out. He's busted. I don't think Ridley's going to do a whole heck of a lot as a, as a rookie. I think Richardson has shown some talent. He's moved on, and I think he's a better player than Doxon. I like this Buck Allen pick by Chad Castrina, a guy that is, you know, every year he gets undervalued um, for his pass-catching chops, and I think this year is the same thing. People are not going to respect the fact that he's still going to be an integral part of that offense, and uh, Chad Castrina gets him in round 13 here. Devontae Booker to Rich Rebar there, potentially the starting running back. Uh, in Denver, third straight draft, the Royce Freeman owner does not get uh, Devontae Freeman, Devontae Booker, excuse me. So there is a bit of a disconnect there between the Freeman owners and, uh, you know, handcuffing him. Uh, Ted Ginn right after that to Donizel, and then uh, Matt Breida, the running back from San Francisco, goes to Josh Hornsby there to complete round 13. Uh, I wonder if Gazelle would have taken Booker there. I bet he would have. To, yeah, 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 they're screwed him on purpose. Could have been some snipage going yep. on there. Yep. That, that's definitely a possibility. Let's get into round 14 here. It's Peyton Barber going to uh, Fantasy ADHD as he gets uh, Barber as his fifth running back. Deontay Foreman is the selection for Don Azell in round 14. 1403 pick is Cameron Meredith to Rich Rebar, followed by Hayden Hurst, one of your favorites, Dave. Mispracticed this week because of a soft tissue injury. He was back today, balling out, probably catching touchdown after touchdown from Lamar Jackson. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Only he could be paired with Patrick Mahomes and everything would be perfect. Hey, uh, did you see I sent you a straight offer in Carrington? No, I didn't. When did you send it to me? Uh, tonight. No, for my Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I offered you Mahomes for Lamar Not Jackson. Ah, straight up? Yep. Oh, I might have to do that. It's out, it's out there, Ross. It's out there. What do you. Hey, Chatroom, what do you think? Blog Talk Radio Chatroom. Well, we have, I mean, we, we have some dynasty owners in this chat, too. And we should, we should contact, have them contact us. <laughs> I offered up Patrick Mahomes for Balky's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So. Who would you rather have? Get the Twitter poll going, Rob. And, uh, see we don't want to actually. Why don't you just, you just evaluate the salt separately and make a decision? Who, who are you? Rob? You. No. Well, I will evaluate it separately. I've made bets with you on the air, and I've made trades with you on the air that, that I regretted almost immediately. So I won't be making that uh, that mistake right now. I'll be making that mistake later, All is right. what I'm trying to say. Perfect. Uh, so Hayden Hurst uh, goes to uh, Chad Castorina, and then uh, Andy Dalton, the number two quarterback drafted by Sigmund Bloom here in the 14th round. Chris Carson goes off the board to uh, uh, Alcorn and Isaacs there, the FFPC duo uh FFPC Joe duo there. Mike Gesicki is the number three tight end drafted by Elliot Chris, so he actually stopped his station drafting. Now he's just all over the board. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. He's now. ruined his team. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say he's ruined it, but he's just totally unpredictable now. <laughs> um, 
this must be where the alcohol sets in in the meal, and now he's just he's just yep. he's just getting sloppy. Maybe he had a piece of cheese between the you know, courses with Josh Doxson. Yeah, it could be. Some figs. Maybe he had a fig there, Josh Doxson. Cleanse the palate. Yeah, cleanse the palate indeed. James White right after Mike Kosicki. Uh, Richard Beard takes James White. Jordan Matthews. What do you make of this pick? Kevin O'Brien takes Jordan Matthews, a guy who could be integral in the New England passing game this year. I like 14. Mike we were Reece, talking about him in the chat, actually, Jordan Matthews. Uh, yeah, I noticed that earlier. Mike Reese, um, the, the Patriots reporter for ESPN, has actually been touting Jordan Matthews quite a bit in his uh, off-season uh, musings. So I, I think this is a guy that we need to pay attention to. Well, Matthews, is a, like I said in the chat, he's a consummate professional. He's a hard worker. Remember, he was the guy that he was like a two-star recruit at Vanderbilt, and everyone, you know, everyone was down on him. And he's, he's, grind, he's grounded or grinded his way into the, into the pros. He's been a top-24 wide receiver before. Right. So it's not it's not inconceivable that he could be the guy that Brady ends up relying on. Actually, yes. he's a he's a he's a good professional football player, and I, that's the type of guy that the Patriots would love. It's actually a really good fit. Yeah, and you're getting him late. I mean, this, right. this, this if he's healthy, if he's healthy, I think he might be all right. Um, number five receiver, am I looking at? The, yeah, it's number five receiver for uh, six. Kevin O'Brien, number six. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, plus Cobb, plus Jordy, plus Matthews is six. Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Mike Evans equals three. Plus yeah. Randall Cobb is four. Right, I, got I got it. I got it. I got it. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> well, I mean, you paused for like ten seconds. Because I kept counting five. I'm like, I counted <laughs> five like three times in a row. I'm like, Dave is full of it. That's not no, it is. Once again, <laughs> Dizzle comes up to, on top of the math department. Well, it's, uh, it's addition. As a Juilliard-trained journalist, Dave, we never really worked on math. This is the addition addition. Yeah. <laughs> Vernon Davis, the number one tight end for Derek Brinkman here in the 14th round. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> that, that will be a problem for this squad. We'll, we'll get into it. I don't know if I've seen anybody take a defense before a tight end before. I've seen people take defenses and kickers before quarterbacks before, not before tight ends. There's a few out there I still like at tight end, but he's got a... Go the sun is shining. It's time to make that tight end hay right now. There's actually two tight ends right now. If he took those two tight ends, I would be actually TBR. Okay. Well, I am HO. I uh, will disagree with that O, that he would be all right <laughs> if he got these two tight ends. Um, I will I'm, write, H, I'm writing them down here. I will H disagree. You, you, can probably get, you can probably guess who they are, actually. Um, I can for sure guess who one of them is. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, okay, so the Eagles defense are right after, is right after uh, Vernon Davis. Eagles defense goes to Dan Sanio. And then uh, completing round 14 is Des Bryant to uh, uh, Stephen Michaud as his number. I should just have you count this because I'll count it wrong. <laughs> As his number five receiver, five. thanks. I appreciate that. As his number five receiver, Des Bryant, the final pick of round 14. Um, let's get into round, yeah, let's get round, round 15 here. Um, this, we've got a good pace going tonight. Corey Clement is the selection by Stephen Michaud to kick off round 15. Uh, it's his number five running back. Bilal Powell at the 15.02 to Dan Sanyo. Martavis Bryant comes off the board to uh, Derek Brinkman there as his uh, receiver at the 15.03. Mike Williams right after that. So Kevin O'Brien pounding the receivers here. Jordy Nelson, Jordan Matthews, and Mike Williams back-to-back-to-back here in rounds 13 through 15. The Vikings defense goes off the board to Richard Beard, followed by Jake Butt as the fourth tight end drafted by Elliot Chris, the guy who has some upside in that Denver offense, uh, 
how well will he bounce back from that torn ACL? It remains to be seen. Chargers defense to uh, the uh, team Colorado, I should just call him. Caleb Alcorn, Sean Isaacs takes uh, <laughs> Chargers defense there. Derek Carr is the third quarterback drafted by Sigmund Bloom tonight at the 15.08. Tyrell Williams right after that. The Chargers receiver to Chad Castorino. The Ravens defense, oh, the third defense chosen in the 15th round tonight, uh, goes to Rich Rebar, Stephen Gaskowski to Donazel, and then the Texans defense, uh, the fourth defense chosen tonight in the 15th round to Josh ADHD. I expect uh, to see some some pretty big defenses run, uh, or p- pretty big defense run go here, Dave. Your thoughts on what you've just witnessed here? Which round? The 15th. 15th. You were just shaking your head. I clearly no, you have something to say. No, I was. I was looking at. I was looking ahead just a little bit. So that's right. I'm t- looking at tight ends and uh, just teams overall. Um, I, yeah, my overall take on this is that I, I still think there's wide receivers and running backs out there that are capable, talented, and should be drafted. So I'm not. Again, I, I see the defense is starting to go. I, I still think I mean, you should probably get one pretty soon, but, man, it's just tough to pass on some of this talent just to grab a defense. Shane Helm just said in the chat room that Jordan Matthews is Jerry Rice's cousin. Is that true? Uh, maybe. Have not. you heard that? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I'm going to have to bump him up my draft boards. Pedigree. <laughs> Jordan Matthews. Clearly, he didn't inherit, his right, didn't inherit Rice's health. I'll tell you that. And he didn't want to get hurt one year. No, he's been hurt all the time. Come on. I've, missed, Jordan Matthews has missed a lot of time. You can look it up if you want. I'm going to look it up. I'm just, you know, I'm going to see how accurate your statement is. I kind of think I'm disagreeing. Spoiler alert, 100% accurate. <laughs> you look that up. I'm going to go through the 16th round here as Justin Tucker becomes the second kicker drafted tonight. Uh, Fantasy ADHD from Fantasy Insiders. That's Josh Hornsby, and he takes Justin Tucker as the number one, as his number one kicker. The Denver defense then goes to Donazel, followed by Ryan Tannehill as the backup to Drew Brees for Rich Rebar's squad. Keelan Cole, I like that pick in the 16th round. Nice job, Chad Castorina. That's a good selection. I feel like Lee Corso on ESPN College Game Day. Oh, hey, that's a great pick. You know, <laughs> where he always does that thing. Uh, Latavius Murray is uh, the running back drafted by Sigmund Bloom here in the 16th round, followed by Greg the Leg, Greg Zerline, uh, Legatron, going to um, Team Colorado. The New Orleans Saints defense is uh, off the board to Elliott Chris. Right after his Jake Butt selection, he goes with the Saints defense in the 16th. Kenneth Dixon off the board to Richard Beard, and then a couple of tight ends. One of them I know you were hoping would go to Derek Brinkman's squad was Luke Wilson, right? Yep. Yeah, that Luke was Wilson. one. That was one of them. He goes off the board. Luke Wilson is the number three tight end to uh, Kevin O'Brien. And then he does get Gerald Everett there. Uh, Brinkman does. I don't think that was on your list. Is the other guy still on your list that he could draft? Yeah. Okay, he's still out there. And he's it on means the that there's right others. No, he picked somebody else. Oh. It means there's 11 other people who are making mistakes right now, too, by the way. Uh, Shane Hallam, by the way, did interview Jordan Matthews at the Senior Bowl, and that is accurate, that he is Jerry Rice's cousin. Nice, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, it's, I'm learning so much tonight. This is, this is why we do these PBs. Speaking of learning something, uh, Jordan Matthews missed, uh, let's see, he missed no games as a rookie. Yeah. No games as second year. Oh, come on. He missed two games as third year, yeah. and he missed six games last year. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you should be knowing that Dave is, Dave, the website Dave is on right now is jordanmatthewsmom.com. <laughs> So I mean, you clearly, can, you can argue that he's been fully healthy for half of his career only. How about that? That's a bad thing. Yeah, but the first half of his, of his career, where it's easier to be healthy. But how about this? 100% of his last two seasons, he hasn't been fully healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, 
I feel like I'm doing the show with Yogi Berra. All of a sudden. Uh, Gerald Everett, I mentioned to Derek Brinkman, Michael Gallup in the uh, at the 16-11, and then Austin Eckler. I think the Austin Eckler pick uh, too. I think did we talk about him already? Austin Eckler. Not really. Not a lot. So the reason I like him is, boy, I swear to God, we talked about it, but whatever. Um, Justin Jackson is was like a later pick. You, we I'm, talked a little bit about Justin Jackson. And but the reason I, I was kind of like down on Jackson doesn't seem like. Everybody's falling all over themselves, saying that he's gonna be the handcuff to Gordon. I think if Gordon were to go down, um, Austin Eckler would probably get the lion's share of carries, and he's already a pass catcher. Right. You know, he's already a guy. And I think getting these, you get these double-digit pass catching, double-digit round pass catching running backs. I think it gives you such an advantage. And the handcuff is the bonus part, right? That's nice. I agree. Well, he doesn't have Melvin Gordon, but yeah. But I'm saying, like, yeah, having. A handcuff of a starting Oh, like player. a good, a right. good handcuff. I right. see what you're saying. It's yeah. a good anti-fragile strategy. Then. Yeah. All right. Good point. Good knowledge. Well, that was your point. Uh, well, no, I, I, I was understanding that handcuff point that you were making. Right. I was just trying to make that clear. We are through 16 rounds here. I think it is time to get into some team analysis, and hopefully, we'll we'll wrap this show up by 11 tonight, and we'll actually do a two-hour show in the first two-hour and 15-minute show, like we have been doing. <laughs> Okay, so first uh, kick things off here with uh, FFPC Joe, Steve Michaud from the uh, number one spot. The running backs, Todd Gurley, Chris Thompson, Carlos Hyde, Doug Martin, Corey Clement, Austin Eckler. The receivers, Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Crabtree, Des Bryant. The tight ends, David Njoku, Eric Ebron. Uh, quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Jameis Winston. So the the thing that sticks out to me is the Rodgers pick. I, I probably would have gone in a different direction there. A, a running back, I think, is what you alluded to. We were talking about his team earlier. I think that might have improved his backfield a little bit. He did a nice job getting guys like Clement, getting guys like Eckler. And Doug Martin, who knows? I mean, maybe he turns back the clock and, and takes that job from Lynch or at least carves out a pretty big role there. So there's something to be said for that. He did not take a tight end until round nine, but getting Njoku and Ebron I think was good. I probably would have used another pick on a tight end at this point in the draft. I think that may come back to hurt him. He's obviously very top-heavy at receiver, which is probably the strength of his team, uh, along with Gurley. Uh, But he kind of ignored the position after round six. So I think this team has some potential. It's also got some, some question marks. Yeah, I agree with most of what you said, actually. Um, I, you know, the picks like Doug Martin, Des Bryant, Clement, Eckelar aren't bad picks, actually. That I, I, I was not a fan of his running backs after Gurley, and I'm still not a fan of his running backs after Gurley. But if he gets lucky, if he gets some injuries, he could end up all right. His receivers are pretty solid, top four are good. And Des is kind of a little wild card, so he could be okay. But he needs a lot of things to fall his way, I think, for him to do well. Moving on to Dan Sanyo from uh, Dynasty League Football and Rotoviz. The running backs, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Aaron Jones, Giovanni Bernard, Bilal Powell. The receivers, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, Sterling Shepard, DJ Moore, Michael Gallup. The tight end, Zach Ertz, OJ Howard. And the quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota. It's, I, I'm going to... Go out and say I'm, I'm not talking about people's quarterbacks anymore. Like I, I don't think I've ever been critical about anybody's quarterbacks and pros. They're very nice. Very nice quarterbacks. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, I like the Ertz and Howard combo. Um, I, I think that was good. I'm worried about the running back depth. Although getting pass catchers like Bernard Powell will should help them, especially if Powell makes the team. Which, well, if Freeman's for us, he's David Johnson and Freeman. Yeah, I mean they're, they're super studly at the top for sure. And then uh, some youthful breakout candidates here at receiver with Davis and Shepard, DJ Moore, Michael Gallup. There's uh, some potential there of the unknown. Obviously, 
you know, the, the unknown is not always a good thing. Sometimes it's bad if these guys don't pan out. Uh, but he's got some potential there, and he, he obviously covered himself at tight end with Ertz and Howard. Yeah, I like a lot of his middle rounds of late picks. I think that Shepard, DJ Moore, and Gallup all have upside in various different ways. Jones, Bernard, Powell, all pass-catching type backs. I think he did really well with those picks. So overall, I like this team. I like this team more than I actually thought that I would, actually. Uh, given that his number three is Corey Davis and his number four is Shepard, I mean, that's not really traditionally where I would be. But, but uh, I think he's got a chance to compete. Uh, indeed, I am just fixing... Sorry, I'm fixing the YouTube feed right now so we can get a few more picks in there. Um, and I'm going to move over here to look at my draft board. Okay, so that was Dan, uh, Dan Sanyo from uh, Dynasty League Football and, uh, and Rotoviz. By the way, who did take some rookies. He, he obviously plays Dynasty, yeah. Dynasty, you know, being a DLF guy. He did. But uh, yeah, I, I think I would just go back to the scene real quick. I probably would not have taken Howard and Mariota like as high as he. Like, he's only invested two quarterbacks and two tight ends in draft capital in his first 11 rounds, which limited him at running back and receiver. So I think that's an area where I think I would definitely not have gone that direction. Yeah, I mean, if you get Cam Newton, I mean, if you could have held off on Mariota and then take like Carr, Dalton, um, Trubisky, Tannehill, I mean, these guys are all, we're all, all out there. Unless it was just like the, the FOMO syndrome where he just didn't want to, you know, get get skunked on on a decent second quarterback. It was fine. It was fine. I don't know. You just would have gone a different direction, which is fine. Yeah, I would, but that's okay. Derek Brinkman, FFPC Joe, in the third spot tonight. Running backs: Le'Veon Bell, Lashawn McCoy, Ronald Jones, Jamal Williams, Theo Riddick. Receivers: Devontae Adams, Brandon Cooks, Golden Tate, Jamison Crowder. Tight ends: Vernon Davis, Gerald Everett, and. Uh, a quarterback's Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo. They ever really like this team. Uh, I, I think you got great value on Jones. If McCoy does not have any legal issues against him this year, that's going to be a good pick. However, stacking all these running backs and receivers, he paid the iron price for it at tight end. <laughs> the he, iron price. He paid the iron price because he, <laughs> he has Vernon Davis as his number one tight end, Gerald Everett as his backup. Like I said, when he made the Davis pick, tight ends are going to be a problem for him, and, and that hasn't changed for me. Yeah, I think the, <laughs> his tight ends are it's just so rough. I mean, if he had actually, instead of taking Wentz, Goff, and Garoppolo and taking tight ends there instead, and then taking Dalton and Tannehill and Carr, he'd be in better shape. If he had reversed out the, the purple for the red, yeah. he'd be in better shape. Yeah. He should have done a little bit different station drafting. Or mixed yeah. it up a little. Yeah. Mixed it up. Yeah, so, yeah I think his team is should great. have had the appetizer after the entree. <laughs> that's, that's what the problem was tonight. I am, if you can't tell. Too, too big of a If you can't tell, I am super hungry and have been throughout this show tonight. You've been dieting too much, Bobby. Uh, yeah, well, I just I, it was a mistake just talking about food throughout the program. <laughs> Kevin O'Brien from Dynasty League Football. Lamar Miller, Jay Ajayi, Rex Burkhead, Kerryon Johnson, Nick Chubb at running back. Receivers Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Jordan Matthews, Mike Williams. Tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, Charles Clay, and Luke Wilson. Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Dave, I think this is probably my favorite team so far. Just a little bit nervous at quarterback. This is like a, this is kind of like a Gerzak draft in my opinion. If I was going to go receivers early, even though I don't, I probably wouldn't have taken Lamar Miller because I was not as definitely good. would have taken not taken Randall Cobb either. True. I mean, I, the players he took are not the players I would have taken necessarily, but his running backs turned out great. I mean, with Kerryon yeah. Johnson in the eighth and Nick Chubb yep. in the freaking twelfth is insane. I think he did the tight end strategy, like I was talking about, 
taking three kind of crappy tight ends, ASJ, Clay, and I think Luke Wilson's a super nice value, and then he only has one quarterback at Kirk Cousins. So I, he's going to, by the way, he does need to get three. So I'm not sure yeah. he's left. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be looking at the, he's going to be serving up uh, AJ McCarron and Josh uh, Allen at some point soon if he's not careful. Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys out there. I, I know, but I mean, he can't ignore that forever. He does need to get three. So if he, as long as he gets a couple more quarterbacks, I do like this team a lot. Do you think you, could, you can't get away with two quarterbacks, is what you're saying? Yeah, but you can get away with two quarterbacks, but they have to stay healthy. A lot of times they don't. It's a, it's a huge disadvantage to have two quarterbacks. Uh, what about if he goes Trevor Simeon? Uh, like, you know, just say, say like, Josh, well, Josh Rosen. You don't he's know a, what he's 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 Eli, by the way. So that's okay, thing. so Eli and then Trevor Simeon. Would you be okay with that? If I were, at this point now, if I had, him, if I had Kirk Cousins, Eli would throw a shot at Lamar Jackson or something like that. Okay. Well, Simeon, I was just saying, since he's Cousins' backup. I guess. I mean, but I, him, I would take him at 28 or 27. Yeah. yeah as right, as you as probably my, would not have my, to take him. Right I, as my fourth. I would not take him as my third. Okay. Fair enough. Richard Beard, the FFPC Joe, drafting out of the fifth spot tonight. Here's how his draft turned out. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Jarek McKinnon, Marlon Mack, James White, Kenneth Dixon. Receivers, Josh Gordon, Alshon Jeffrey, Marquise Goodwin, Alan Hearns, Richard Matthews. Tight ends are Greg Olson and Jack Doyle. Quarterbacks, Philip Rivers and Mitchell Trubisky. I am, I mean, obviously the running backs are super studly at the top, but the depth is, is questionable after that. I'm not a huge fan of the receivers as well. I, I think that you, you can pull Coles and, and Gordon and Jeffrey and even Goodwin to a certain extent. Uh, I thought the Hearns pick in the 10th was fine. Uh, Richard Matthews in the 11th I like. Um, Eifert, I, I didn't mention a, a tight end. That's his number three tight end. Uh, and the tight ends are good. I mean, Olsen, Doyle, and Eifert, I mean, that's fine. Eifert is your number three with Doyle and Olsen in front of you. Uh, not the way I probably would have done the team, but uh, a team that uh, will we'll be in the thick of it. Yeah, I'm concerned about his flex position because I don't like – I'm not a big fan of Marlon Mack. I'm not a big fan of some of the receivers he was taking later. And like you said, Gordon and Jeffrey as your one and two, those are – they're kind of a little on the dicey side just because of the health of Jeffrey and Josh Gordon's just being Josh Gordon. Right. Uh, okay, here's a fun one to talk about. The Quant Edges, Elliot Crisp. Let's talk about this squad. <laughs> Running backs are complete shit. Al- <laughs> Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, Rashad Penny, Darius Geis. Uh, receivers, Marvin Jones, Chris Hogan, Devontae Parker, Josh Doxson. Tight ends, Jared Cook, Ricky Seals-Jones, Mike Kosicki, Jake Butt, and then the quarterbacks are Matthew Stafford and Andrew Luck. You only have to start two receivers. Uh, in this format. i got to believe more often than not, Elliot is going to be trotting out three or four running backs uh, on a week-to-week basis. And he's got some potential upside with Seals, Jones, Kosicki, and Butt. Again, all young guys, all unproven, all unknown. Maybe one of them breaks out. You'd like to think that Jared Cook is, is going, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with him. So if his tight ends, you know, if he gets one of those tight ends to break out and those, you know, if Parker or Doxon can make an impact, those running backs will carry him throughout the season. Yeah, I, I think that by stacking those, those those running backs, he ignored receiver. I think those were just mistakes, actually, and I think the tight ends as well. Because second and Bud, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind Jerry Cook. So, like, if he had taken Kamara and McCaffrey and then passed on Jordan Howard and taken, like, let's say Tyree Kill, if you like Tyree Kill, uh-huh. and then taken, uh, let's say, Fitz or Allen Robinson, and then taking Geist, he could have been I mean, he could have had Kamara, McCaffrey, Hill, Fitz, Geist, and then still taking all those wide receivers. I mean, but now you're number one's Marvin Jones, Chris Hogan, and Devontae Parker. It's like those receivers are pretty fairly terrible, actually. 
So you're relying on your running backs the whole way through, and you're just going to start two, two receivers the whole time. I will say this. The, the hole in that scenario is I can't imagine anybody thought Darius Geis was going to be there for him to take at the 508. No, you're, you're totally right. But that's, that is exactly why you draft a balanced team through three or four rounds. Because so you have that flexibility. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. It's right. true. I mean, really. It's like that's why you, if you go, if you're two and two, you can take whoever you want. If you're one and two, you can take whoever you want. If you're taking four, well, now you have to spite yourself just to get the value, and you did. Congratulations. It's like the third time you said spite yourself on the show tonight. Tonight? Yeah. Like, I don't think you said it the last two nights. and It's all about we're just spiting ourselves by doing three straight shows. Oh, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a Team Colorado, <laughs> Caleb Alcorn, Sean Isaacs, FFPC, Joe's picking in the seventh spot tonight. Saquon Barkley, Sony Michelle, Ty Montgomery, Chris Carson at running back. Receivers, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley at receiver. Uh, tight ends, Delaney Walker, George Kittle, Vance McDonald, Patrick McHolmes, and Dak Prescott. Dave, at the risk of losing all my credibility... I don't think I can get behind this team despite it having Patrick Mahomes. I, uh, and Barkley. And Barkley, yeah. I'm worried about the running backs uh, on this squad. Why? Because the number of the best running back, the most points scored out of any of them was by Ty Montgomery. I don't like your like backward-looking analysis. Like, <laughs> yes, if this is 2017, you're totally right. This team would be terrible. But this is 2018. We're about prognosticating. I mean, the point is there's, there's just a ton of risk with the running backs because Barkley and Michelle both have to break out. That's tough. I mean, usually about half of the running backs do break out. Thomas Hill and Schuster are great. You know, Robert Woods is fine. Tight ends are pretty solid. You know, they, they could be all right, but, I mean, they really do need those two rookies to really amount to something. Yeah. But then they don't really have a whole lot of uh, running back depth after that. No. I mean, like, you'd like to think that – I mean, Ty Montgomery sort of has to still be relevant all season for Green Bay in that backfield. Chris Carson needs to have an impact on that Seattle backfield. Um, He's a starter, you were telling me today. He could be. He might be. You don't, you don't know. Pete Carroll doesn't know. Well, Pete Carroll probably knows, but he wouldn't tell you. Pete Carroll could probably hold one press conference and now both those guys as the starter. Probably. He'd find a way to do it. Right. Uh, moving on to Sigmund Bloom's team uh, at the eighth spot tonight. Dalvin Cook, Deion Lewis, Marshawn Lynch, Tariq Cohen, Latavius Murray at running back. Receivers, Demarius Thomas, Pierre Garçon, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, Tyler Lockett, Paul Richardson. Tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, and uh, quarterbacks, Alex Smith, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr. You know, a lot of people both in both chats, actually, the YouTube and Blog Talk Radio, were, were pretty critical of Bloom's start. Uh, but they also said that um, he really turned it around and put, put himself together. Nice, nice little team here. And, and I'm not disagreeing with that either. <laughs> You know, the, the problem with taking the two tight ends early is it's kind of like you get like a $500 pair of shoes. Uh-huh. And then you can't afford good jeans or good shirt. You know, your tie, you know, your tie is no good. Because all you can afford was the two. So then you look, you're looking at your outfit like, oh, man, these shoes are, these shoes are really nice. The rest of it looks like crap. And I, I, don't, I don't think it does. I, I, I don't, I, look, I think because you go so tight end early, you look at the rest of the team, the quarterbacks are well, comparatively to other teams, they're crappy. Mm-hmm. Look at the running backs. Comparatively to a lot of the other teams, they're crappy. Mm-hmm. You look at the wide receivers, and comparatively to a lot of the other teams, they're crappy. 
I, I mean, I, they are. It's fine. His tight ends are amazing. But comparatively, the other three positions, which do matter, by the way, right. are not all that good. I would not I, – I think you're being a little hard here. I, th- I think there's certainly um, – his, not, running, his, not, running backs, his running backs could be okay, actually. I should say that. And, I mean, you look look at the receivers, too. I mean, okay, so the, the top of them, Thomas Garcon Anderson, that doesn't get you excited. But when you add in the fact that you have Nelson Aguilar, who really came on last season as your number four, you have Tyler Lockett, who is probably going to be the de facto number two receiver in an offense that should be throwing it a lot this year because they're going to be behind. And then Paul Richardson, the guy who just signed a big money deal in Washington, is your number six. I mean, I, I think that – the depth that he built with receiver uh, after ignoring tight end uh, after the first, you know, three rounds, that, that sort of helped him out. So I think that this team is a little bit better than you're giving it credit for. Yeah, maybe you're right. I, so, way, so I like, not the way you would formulate a team. It's, it's not. And by the way, Sigmund's an awesome drafter. He's great at making rankings. I love him. Good guy. So. And uh, has won this uh, league before. Sure. So. Yes, he's great. It, but, put, it, put it this way. We will, this will be an interesting team to follow throughout the season. I, you know, the quarterbacks, as much as I, you know, crap on them, they're actually all right. I mean, Smith, Dalton, Carr, you still I, get excited about them. I don't care, yeah. They're I mean, fine. I, I'm fine with never getting excited for quarterbacks in, in, they're, 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 in they're fantasy. Um, I, I'm fine with that. But uh, as far back as I'm going to pull back on it, so that's fine. Uh, okay, let's get into uh, Chad Castorina's team here. Uh, running backs, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, Duke Johnson, Bach Allen. Uh, receivers are Keenan Allen, Devin Funches, Marquise Lee, Muhammad Sanu, Tyrell Williams, Keelan Cole. Tight ends, Evan Engram, Cameron Brait, and quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Blake Bortles. Um, running back depth will be called into question early on with Mark Ingram's suspension. Um, the receiver depth isn't great, although I like the Marquise Lee pick. Um, I think Tyrell Williams could be good. I love the Keelan Cole pick in the 16th. Um, I'm not to, go with, to go with Marquise Lee, by the way. To go with Marquise Lee. I'm not a huge fan of these either, the tight ends, but, you know, like they, I wouldn't draft Engram and, and Brave, but when you look at it from a best ball standpoint, uh, you could do worse than that, uh, especially when you have the running backs and receivers that he does. So, it's, it, you know, I would say this is an above-average team. Clearly not my favorite, but, you know, one that I think should be competitive. I don't really care for the. I don't like drafting tight ends like Bray or Jack Doyle or Ebron or OJ like Howard. The tight end by committees guys. Yeah, I mean it's like how, how good is that? I mean OJ Howard is different because he actually is wasn't really drafted guy, so he could emerge. I thought the Ingram pick was fine, but his receiver depth is not not so hot. His running backs are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, even with Ingram being suspended, he's got Henry and Duke Johnson for those weeks, and so he's fine. And, and Buck Allen. And that's after Melvin Gordon. So yeah, I think he's good. I think the receivers are a little bit weak, but he did you know. Sprinkled in, kind of like Simon Bloom did, and didn't, he tried to recover well there. Uh, Rich Rebar, let's go to him from uh, Roto World. Uh, oh, you know what? i got to fix that. Sorry, everybody on the YouTube. Son of a gun. So Rich was the guy getting value early on. Yeah. Kareem Hunt in the second round, Joe Mixon in the third round. Yep. Naheem Hines in the 11th, and Devontae Booker in the 13th round. The starting running back for the Denver Broncos, yeah. allegedly. Um, go ahead, Buck. You wanted to cover the rest? Yeah, that, that was uh, the running backs, receivers, Stephon Diggs, Julian Edelman, Manny Sanders, Cooper Cup, Kenny Stills, Kelvin Benjamin, Cameron Meredith. Really like that, uh, that, that squad. Jordan Reed is the tight end. Good. Tight end. That's it. Drew Brees and Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So you look at this squad, Dave, really, really good value on Hunt and Mixon. Did a good job getting Hines and Booker on this team as well. I think the receivers are great as far like, you know, top to bottom great. Like there's, there's not any super heavy hitters, I guess, but,
But Diggs, Edelman, Sanders, Cup, Stills, Benjamin, Meredith, I mean, these are all guys that should be big contributors. True. This team, it, it all hinges on Jordan Reed's health, I'm telling you. If, if, if Jordan Reed is not healthy, he's going to have a black hole at tight end. I, I don't, you know, he did fine, but I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why he's not taking the Luke Wilsons of the world. Tyler Croft, by the way, just went uh, at the 1904. Kevin O'Brien, fantastic pick. He's a starting tight end for this team that's not going to have Eifert. So but back to the team four. So he has ASJ, Clay, Luke Wilson, Tyler Croft. Cobbling the other tight ends, that's the way to do it. So why does the Jordan Reed owner feel so confident yeah. that in Jordan Reed that you don't draft any more? It's, it's a, I don't understand that. But I, what I, I think the reason is um, we saw sports injury predictors Jason Rock Phelps take Jordan Reed fairly early last night. <laughs> and right. if you have the sports injury predictor guy <laughs> saying that he believes in Jordan Reed, well, clearly you should be believing in Jordan Reed. Evidently, evidently. Don Izell is uh, with the FFPC Joe picking in the 11th spot tonight. He gets as his running backs Kenyon Drake, Royce Freeman, Isaiah Kroll, Deontay Foreman. The uh, receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Ted Ginn. Uh, tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, Austin Hooper, Benjamin Watson. Quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, not a fan of this team, David. It seemed like, you know, he's got the – He's got a lot of committee guys and maybe not the good ones. Like, Royce Freeman is probably going to win the Denver job. Okay, that's fine. But and he could be awesome. You know, but Devontae Booker could start off the season starting, and we don't know where that's going to go. Isaiah Crowell, how many passes are you going to catch? He's contending with McGuire and, and Powell in that offense. And Deontay Foreman, this guy could be pucked, and that's, right. that's your number four running back here on this squad. Um, the receiving depth, too, after Thielen – he really didn't hit on the position at all until Ted Ginn in the 13th, so I think that's a question mark. Who's the quarterback? There is too much emphasis for me on both the quarterbacks and tight ends uh, on right. this team, and, and that's I think that's the problem I have with it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, actually. Uh, a lot of it makes sense. I think Don's a really good player, I, I, but I, don't, I think that I, I question that quarterback strategy. I like the Ben Watson pick, actually, in the 12th round. I think that uh, he might actually – he's that guy that I think is super old, with Drew Brees, two old guys just throwing the rock. And, number, and then he's the number three tight end for him, too. You know, so yeah. it's, I mean, he's got some guys ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, final team that we'll look at tonight, uh, Fantasy Insiders. Josh, by the way, let me just interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. Josh, ADHD, don't say anything bad about him. He tweets like 80, he has like 80,000 tweets. Yeah. So just say good stuff, because he's going to tweet about this team like, you know, a hundred times. Yeah. Dave, uh, you know me. I bring the real on this show. And, and <laughs> I, be nice to Josh. You might be going to like the team. I, uh, listen, I can't tell a lie. He tweeted ten times since we started talking yeah. about the team. I, I, uh, I really can't fib here. <laughs> Fantasy ADHD put together the greatest team ever in the history of <laughs> Awesome. So let's analyze it for you. <laughs> Alex Collins, Tevin Coleman, C.J. Anderson, Matt Breida, and Peyton Barber at running back. Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, and Kenny Galladay at receiver. Travis Kelsey and Trey Burton are the tight ends. Matt Ryan and Case Keenum are the quarterbacks. So obviously, I have no problem with the quarterbacks. Uh, Kelsey and Burton, I think, were, were nice gets and, and um, a great backbone to this team. Uh, I think he did good uh, there. Getting those three, you know, I'm not even a big Sammy Watkins guy, but getting him in the fifth and pairing him with uh, or adding him to a, a stable that already had Cooper and Jones, I thought that was a good job. After that, I, I would have probably gone a different direction than Galladay and Fuller. Um, that those guys are, are not my favorites for number four and number five. And then I, I think this hinges on this team hinges on the running backs. How involved is Tevin Coleman going to be in that offense? Is Alex Collins going to be the bell cow all, se- all season? Can C.J. Anderson carve out a big enough role in that Carolina backfield with 
Christian McCaffrey to remain relevant to keep this team afloat. And obviously, Brita and Barber, uh, maybe limited ceilings. We know that they probably will have roles uh, on their team, but just just not really a dynamic formation of running backs here. And, and that's what, what it's going to come down to for, for Josh Hornsby's team. Yeah, I thought his overall team structure was good. I think he kind of got a little bit disadvantaged by all those running backs going in the middle of the drafts, you know, with Elliot Christ and then sent it in, uh, taking, taking three backs. So he's just so weak at running back. I think that's going to be really tough to overcome. Also, he has Kelsey and Burton. He has Ryan and Keenum. And then he's now totally ignored both positions, does not have a third of either one of those. I think you really should. So I think by taking Justin Tucker and, you know, Houston defense and Jeremy Hill and whatnot, yeah, that's all fine and dandy. But, I mean, you do need a third tight end. You do need a third uh, quarterback. So I, I think he's missing out there a little bit. You might, need a, you might need a third tight end, but if you play your cards right, you may not need a second one. <laughs> final, uh, joke, final joke we'll make on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up the first half of our Pros versus Joes coverage for the 2018 uh, FFPC season. I uh, want to thank uh, Darren Armani, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, our producer, our mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce, and most of all, all of you listeners who continue to support this show for some ungodly reason. And we're really glad that you're tuning in uh, to check out these drafts uh, that we uh, have each year. Uh, we will resume this Friday. Now, Pros and Joes won't resume uh, until Sunday, but our normal show, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, uh, we'll have a couple of interviews with some pros versus Joe's drafters this Friday at 10, 9 central. Doug Goodison, who drafted Sunday night, will talk about his team. And then uh, Evan Silva from Roto World is actually going to come on, and we're going to talk to him about his draft as well. So two guests on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week. It's going to be great. We will resume pros versus Joe's coverage on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 8, 7 central. Uh, the Joes led by uh, Paul Miley, Arnie Grabinowski, Casey and Christian Dodge, Jay Reed, Scott Connor, Eric Young and Keno Moss, Adrian Quintana and Mike Mormon, and Ron Hacker and Mark Steffen. They will be leading the Joes charge against Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell from Dynasty Command Center. Darren Armani is going to be drafting from FantasyMojo.com. Mike Viscani from Fantasy Sports Central. The uh, dynamic duo of Austin uh, Lee and Alex Melio from Football Guys. Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy Sports and Jen Ryan from Football Diehards. It will be fun. It will be crazy, but not as crazy as you're going to go if you don't get your main event draft slot early. You need to take advantage of that, ladies and gentlemen. Three hours to go. Make sure that you are getting a a team in the FFPC main event, adding a team in the FFPC main event for that $300 discount if you already have one. Take advantage of that at myffpc.com. You can book your Planet Hollywood reservation, sign up for uh, football guys drafts, satellites, festivals, dynasty, all at myffpc.com. Check that out. We have drafts going on every single night now until the NFL season begins. Thanks for listening. To uh, Pros vs. Joes, we'll be back on Friday. Your week continues now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass Uber, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales about how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take the wave. Normally I have uh, 
something cheeky and fun to say at the end of these, uh, oh, the end of the shows. Something sucky and not fun. I know the I we just did two hours of sucky and not fun, oh, and I feel yeah. like I, everything that I could possibly say, I've said. Like I, I can't. Are you I, my trade? I can't. Jackson, no, I, I can't. I'm in not in the right frame of mind for that. People ballsy, are asking about it in the ballsy, chat room. Ballsy. I will. I will. Fine. I'll let you know. People are over there. I might need more than a knife, Andy. <laughs> <laughs>